Hello, I'm Kyle. And I'm Trevor. And today, Kyle will be catching up on cinema. So today, uh, I got to pick the film. I, I had Kyle, well, it sounds like I forced Kyle, mm-hmm. to uh, watch 1992's Digstown. Yes. Uh, in summary, Digstown is a heist film of sorts. It's a con movie. It's about a con man who comes to a small town in the south and uh, runs a hustle uh, around a 24-hour multi-man boxing competition. <laughs> uh, it's a Herculean feat that should not be physically possible. Nope. Uh, stars James Woods matching wits against Bruce Dern at his slimiest. Oh, yes. So, Kyle, what'd you th- what was your first impression of Digstown, being being a few first-time viewer? Well, first of all, I just want to say that I did not want to watch this. Um, I very much do not like James Woods. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry I picked the movie, but I, I knew that going in, folks. Uh, even though his character is a, I'm going to argue, an absolute piece of shit. Oh, um, no doubt. <laughs> more so than his character in Casino, Lester. Um, I, I will what, argue. What about in uh, oh. Any Given Sunday? How would, you, how, would you, how would you rank his sliminess? It goes <laughs> Digstown, and then it goes any. No, I'm sorry, it goes Casino, and then any given Sunday. But there's a huge drop off between Digstown and okay, yeah. So this was him at his very worst. You said I think this is his absolute scummiest character I've seen so far. His name is Gabriel Kane. I was gonna say, <laughs> remember uh, remember Arnold's name in. Um, Oh, end of days. His is Jericho Kane. Jericho Kane. Jericho right. Kane, and then this is uh, this is my younger brother Gabriel. Well, they're both, they're both <laughs> we're, biblical. We're, we're from Alabama. <laughs> we have roots in the Bayou, <laughs> Louisiana. Listen here, you Austrian fuck. I am not. I am not from Alabama. Okay? <laughs> James Woods from the South. Honestly, just who would be more rolling their eyes and just not wanting a conversation? Him. Or who's the other guy I can't stand? Um, Jay, um, well, Dennis Leary at times. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Dennis Miller, t- the Dennises. <laughs> the Dennises. I can handle Dennis Leary better than I can. Den- no, strike that, reverse that. Um, <laughs> um, Bobby Cal- uh, Robert California. Uh, <laughs> James Spader. Jesus. Jam- oh, yeah. James Woods and James Spader's matching wits would just. It would make the like people. Somebody would just stand up in the restaurant and be like, "Dude, dude, just shut the fuck up!" <laughs> my God, like, I've, take- never, I've never seen two hetero men so catty in my life. You haven't said something that wasn't sarcasm the whole fucking conversation. Where is your sincerity, sir? For the love of God, say something for real. God damn it! <laughs> Stop talking in circles. Quit rolling your fucking eyes. God. Well, yeah, I'm sure like one of them would get their eyes just lodged in the back of their head. <laughs> Like the server's nose would just start bleeding. Like, I can't even handle you fucking guys right now. Jesus. Well, between James Woods' smoking and James Spader's... Uh, 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 <laughs> this must be the most absolutely. obnoxious smoke-filled room absolutely. you've ever been in. <laughs> just filled with hot air and smoke. And you wouldn't even ask him to put it out. He would just, like... He would say something snarky and sarcastic, and then James would be like, oh. And then just... It would just be, it would just be back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I don't like them. They're just smart asses. But anyway, I think I dislike James Woods more than um, James Spader. See, I for me, I know James Woods is not a good person. Yeah. Um, well, allegedly, he's probably not. I mean, a good he he has a he he's done things in recent years that have put him on a lot of people's shit lists. Mm. I, for one, oftentimes like maybe this is a detriment to my character. I don't know, but um, a lot of times I put some distance between the actor and their performance. Okay. So I'm not like. 
a lot of people like hate on Tom Cruise and stuff. Oh, I love Tom Cruise. I yeah. I love to him. me, it's like what ends up on the screen, just fine. Dude, I, 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 give, I like it. I couldn't give a shit less about what he does. Yeah, I don't. I don't give I a shit what care. he does with his life. But you know, we're entering into an age where there's a lot more transparency. But and... he has a presence that I enjoy. James Woods has a presence <laughs> I don't enjoy. I actually have come around. I to James enjoy Spader. James Woods. I think. I think his his. Verbal gymnastics, like his ability to do the motor mouth thing that so many directors absolutely need from certain actors. Yeah. Like Tarantino, for instance. There are certain people on this planet who are perfect for saying, for speaking his dialogue mm-hmm. because it requires a speed and a rhythm. That his name not- is Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson, you're like, shit. Quinn- for Tarantino. Tarantino, if he got his hands on Dan Aykroyd, I bet could do a lot of damage. <laughs> I could not imagine Dan Aykroyd in a Or the Micro Machines guy, John Machida or Jeez. whatever. But yeah, uh, to me, James Woods, like, I know he's he's never supposed to be likable. He's oh. just that New York sass. <laughs> I like Spader and Star, um, Stargate. That was fun. Well, that's that's him playing against type. Yeah. Like, he's, like, Wall Street, for instance, like, that's more him. Oh, I, I mean, he, even though he's, like, less of a less of a prick in that one. But he's, he's usually yeah. man in suit who is a prick. That's what he does really well. And same with James Woods. It's like if you need a guy to smoke to chain smoke and be an asshole and talk circles around everyone in the room, he's who you get. See, Trevor also tricked me by saying, well, I didn't want to watch this because it's got James Woods in it. He's like, but it's got Oliver Platt in it. Yes. And he knows I baited your ass. I love Oliver <laughs> Platt. Name a movie that has him in it and he tell me he's not if not the best part, the one of the most memorable parts in the movie. Oh, easily. I love him. I love him. Everything I've ever seen him in. This is actually the first movie where I was actually, I was actually kind of like, oh, there's really not as much Oliver Platt as I thought there'd be. Yeah. It, um, he's strong in the beginning, and then he yeah. kind of dips off. Yeah. He he's introduced early in the movie. He has some really strong scenes, and then he becomes a lesser element towards the end. It's a bit of a disappointment. In his, I mean, but I feel like that happens with a lot of people. I forget. There's a fucking boxing match coming up. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's a fucking boxing match. I forgot. They're just betting. But anyway, so do you want to do you want to give us the rundown, the 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 quick rundown? No, I already gave a little bit of a summary, but let's okay. let's start the progression. I, so our movie fun. starts off in a prison. Uh, so it starts off in the prison, mm-hmm. um, and we've already gone through Undisputed Two. We are back in prison. Yeah, and another, fighting. another prison fighting movie. Funny oh, that. Jesus, <laughs> again. <laughs> So, as I'm watching this, I was taking down just, like... There's a lot of uh, character actors, um, and I'm going to go ahead and say his name right now. I was super excited when I saw him, because I just thought, gross, point blank. Yeah. Uh, Benny Urquidez? Urquidez. Urquidez. Yes. I saw him as a ref, I'm like, oh, Jim! That's my, the, 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 that's my the guy. only non-Dan Aykroyd favorite part of the movie is is that fight scene between oh, him and uh, John Mirror in the bathroom, man. Oh, it's that, so fun. That scene is great. It's really good. I it, love the shootout in the convenience store, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, Benny Urquidez, is, uh, for the folks at home who may not know who that is, um, he's a very short Hispanic Native American man, uh, one of the greatest American kickboxers in the history of the sport. Um it, he has a very unique face. It's very well. You can tell he's native because mm-hmm. he has the bone structure. Yeah. Um, I think like Blackfoot was the tribe. Oh. Um, no. um, so Benny Urquidez was a kickboxer, very very excellent athlete, excellent martial artist. Um, he's actually one half of what was. I don't think anymore. But at one point in time, the greatest martial arts sequence in cinema history. A lot of people regarded. Um, 
Jackie Chan and Benny Arquitas in Wheels on Meals. Ooh, interesting. From 1982. I've never seen that. Wheels um, on Wheels? Wheels on Meals. Wheels on Meals. A uh, funny story about the title is that the producers were superstitious, uh, the Hong Kong producers, um, and all movies that had starred with the title with a M word mm-hmm. that year had failed. Oh, interesting. So they took Meals on Wheels and turned it into Wheels on Meals. <laughs> that is one of the greatest, uh, greatest martial arts scenes. One of the greatest of all time. Uh, it's a fantastic sequence choreographed by Sam Hung, who's also in the movie. It's one of the Three Musketeers movies, meaning Jackie Chan, Yuen Biao. Oh. No, um, yeah, Kyle is a huge fan of the Disney Musketeers movie. Oliver Platt, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, um, I I haven't seen it in ages. I can't speak to its quality, but Kyle is just obsessed with I this movie. It. I love it. It's so good. I do remember thinking Oliver Platt was hilarious. He's great. He's so good in that movie. But yeah, uh, anyway. Benny Arquitas and, and Jackie Tim Chan. Cur- and Tim Curry. What, what, what are we talking about? Oh, and your, your boy from... Uh, <laughs> I always forget his name. But you want him to be the Joker at one point? Oh, Michael Wincott. Michael yes, Wincott. Michael Wincott. He has he has a he has a field day with that role. Whoever, if anybody important is listening to this, you should not have cast Joaquin Phoenix to play the Joker. You need it. Actually, he would have to be Michael Wincott's so old now and such a smoker <laughs> that you'd have to do instead of a Joker Origins, it'd be like Joker in prison or uh, Joker Arkham. in his Twilight years. <laughs> Joker in Arkham, just like Grandpa Joker. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah I'm gonna hit the Batman. How does he not have a hole in his throat yet? Anyway, I'm amazed. But yeah, yeah uh, Benny Arquitas was really famous for that scene. Um, he did another movie with Jackie Chan like a couple years later mm. called uh, Dragons Forever. They had a rematch because that first match was so good. Um, so he was a legit martial artist that became a screen actor. Well, not an actor. Yeah, no, he doesn't. <laughs> he, he doesn't talk ever. Yeah, he he threw kicks and he did it really well. Um, anyway. after that though, he started to develop a presence in American film productions, mostly as a choreographer. And this will put a smile on your face. Um, If I remember correctly, he was credited as the choreographer for Street Fighter, the movie. Mm. (laughs) Um, Interesting. I still have not seen that. Truthfully, I don't think of him as a... uh, as all that good a choreographer <laughs> a lot of his movies like this one in particular Digstown, uh i didn't think the choreography was all that good it's, no it's generic barroom brawl kind of stuff there's very little technique or drama in it um oh, yeah. but in this movie he plays the referee yeah he's and the he ref. stank he sticks out like a sore thumb because he's got that fucking bone structure he just has a really unique face he's like got it. that bone structure and you can tell he's been punched 50,000 times he's, and he's super jacked and tiny he's like 5 foot 4 but he's yeah he's a little he's and he has a really distinctive count in the movie which you hear a thousand times oh yeah 1 2 3 4 5 <laughs> and you hear it every 5 minutes in this uh, movie so as I'm as the movie's going through I'm kind of picking up on character actors um uh, the the guy who's fighting in the beginning um Randall Tex Cobb. That's right. The I have him down as asshole from Ace Ventura because remember warning yes. assholes are closer than they appear. I remember that. <laughs> um, I remember from him from Ernest Goes to Jail. I've never seen that. One. Oh, I love that. That's my favorite Ernest movie. Um, <laughs> and then the the warden, uh, uh, Quato from yes. Total Recall. Yes, he's I remember, he's Quato. Yeah. He's so funny. Like I don't know what it is. I remember uh, watching Total Recall and being like. It's just so. He's the. He's from Airheads. Do you remember? He's the. Uh, 
He that, pops up in the funniest of places. He's always welcome. He's just so... He's got that goofy hair. Yeah. <laughs> he's just so charismatic. Like, just the way he talks is funny. He's kind of like Walton... Uh, Walton, Walton Goggins. Goggins. Yeah. Yeah, even he's got the goofy hair. Um, This guy, I don't even know his name, but uh, apparently mm. him and Paul Verhoeven hit it off because he's also in Starship Troopers. And he steals some scenes because he's just a shell-shocked colonel that um, um, miraculously survived a bug attack. And he's just screaming and, and, and raving for, like, his few minutes of screen time. And it's pretty fucking hilarious. I think he was on the X-Files. I think I saw him on the X-Files as somebody. And he was trying to be serious. And, like, I'm just, like, I can't I can't take him seriously. Yeah, he's, he just makes me smile. Yeah, he just, <laughs> he just makes me smile. <laughs> um, yeah, he's the warden of the prison. Mm. So the first scene that we're introduced to is Randall Tex Cobb uh, doing some just taped hands, like, freestyle fighting. Like there's there's a he throws a kick at one point so this is not boxing. No, um, Randall Tex Cobb was a pro boxer at one point. He's my second favorite Randall Cobb. My number one favorite Randall, Randall Cobb is the wide receiver for the uh, Green Bay Packers. Gotcha. Uh, yes, <laughs> that's why the Tex is important whenever we address him. Yes, <laughs> yes. But yeah, he's having a a somewhat organized <laughs> prison brawl with a Hispanic fellow. Uh, yes, Minoso Torres is the name of the character. Put a pen in him. Uh, yeah. It's like, for those of you who care about screenwriting, remember the remember name. Remember the name. <laughs> so we keep cutting back and forth between Tex Cobb getting his face bashed in, and it is not, look, not a pretty face to begin with. I was going to say, it doesn't look much different. Than I don't think they did any makeup on it. <laughs> Do you have a black eye? Just always, always. It's like, hey, hey, uh, how, about you, how about you try to shave this morning with this oh. rusty blade? <laughs> so... James Woods yeah. is um, more or less a prison bookie, if I can. If yeah. I, yeah, yeah. He's sending a really, really skinny guy to escape from prison with ten thousand dollars in his pocket. Yes. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was paying attention to this movie, and I lost what was happening several times. Um, oh. Well, I didn't understand why he did this. Um, the warden definitely brings it up. I do like that scene with the warden where he just. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he sends this dude out with $10,000, and then next thing we know, James Woods is sitting in front of the warden like, hey, you're getting out in fucking two days, but uh, somebody escaped, and only four, five people have only escaped from here, four of them happened when you got here, kind mm. of deal. Um, so yeah, James Woods is running a racket in the prison um, right, be- right before he's released um so he has this meeting with the warden because of the recent escape yeah and the warden is they're doing that double speak thing where you can tell that there's a lot of things not being said right now yeah so the warden is on to him he knows he knows yeah. that james woods is responsible for the escapes but he can't prove it so he can't really do anything plus he's already in fucking prison yeah <laughs> um and during this conversation kyle pointed out a detail with his hands just now um the warden is playing around with a like nickel-plated uh, revolver, mm-hmm. and there's this funny little moment where uh, he like pulls the trigger at James Woods, and nothing happens, and then just offhand he pulls the trigger again, and around discharges and hits the wall right by his ear, a centimeter away like from hitting yeah. James Woods. And the in warden's the face. reaction is just to give like a oh oh well because he mentioned like, <laughs> I didn't know you were shooting blanks. He's like oh. He's like, I guess I'm not shooting blanks. Huh? It's, it's a fun little moment, yeah. and it's kind of, it's kind of neat seeing a character like James Woods put in his place like that. So this is this is one of the problems I had throughout the movie, and I think it, it's my 
the ninth gate. Have you ever seen the ninth gate? You've brought it up before. I have, but I don't remember anything except for the outdoor fucking at the end. Yes, yes. Because uh, <laughs> I was like 13, and that's the only thing my brain recalls. <laughs> that might be one that we we might have. Then it might actually be your next one. Oh. That's actually probably going to be the next one because I think it's on Prime right now. So I've I'm, seen it though. But you you don't remember it. That's I remember the, the fucking. <laughs> then that's not enough. But no, because it's a fun movie. It's it's a lot of fun, but. The soundtrack is infuriating. Oh, because it, I remember the choir during that scene. No, 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 no. Oh. The, <laughs> the music that's happening, um, is it diegetic? Is that when it's not being heard by the character? Non-diegetic. Non-diegetic. Uh, the non-diegetic music that's happening in the film does not match the tone of the film. And that's the big thing that I had a problem with in this movie was... The, the tone is not set by the music. The music's happening, but there's a different movie going on. Oh. Or at least they're trying to tell us that there's a different movie going on. And this was one of those scenes where it was like, he almost just shot his face off. And yeah, James um, Woods is just like, oh. James Newton Howard did the music in this movie. Um, I recognize the name. and I knew you were going to bring that up. James Newton Howard, uh, most famous, I think, nowadays for doing one half of the, the Dark Knight movies music. Oh, really? Um well, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight were a collaboration between him and Hans Zimmer. Okay. So for people who only credit Hans Zimmer for that, stop it. <laughs> That's not fair. Um, he's a very talented composer. Uh, he's done some great fucking shit. I'm not saying um, he's not good. I'm just saying we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep Water, it. Waterworld, actually. As, as much as people hate on that movie, terrific fucking score. Um, but his music in this movie sounds a little cheap. Mm. It sounds a little chintzy. Um, and it has that, like southern vibe to it yeah. that's like taken to an extreme to the point that it gets a little obnoxious that's the, a little too much harmonica for my taste the whole time i feel like it was just a kurt russell movie it's was... it's very it's actually kind of reminds me of the score of tremors a little bit to be honest actually it does it does remind me a lot of tremors yeah. that's the tone that, that yeah it's got more of a tremors tone yeah the I, whole movie's kind of winking at you like even in its serious moments it's not that serious exactly but it gets very serious yeah, there's some serious shit that happens later oh, in the movie. I'm so mad. So, before James Woods is released from prison, he meets Oliver Platt. Yes. And they have a little meet-up in the yard, and they're playing cards. Yep. And some chit-chat. Yeah, they're having some banter back and forth, and it's casually mentioned that James Woods has raised quite a bit of money while yeah. he's been in prison. Yeah, somehow. And they're speaking uh, in hushed tones about some sort of scheme that they have planned. Yes. Which Oliver Platt is being sent away to get the ball rolling on. Yes, yes, uh, he is. Before James Woods gets out of prison. Uh, which brings us to, well, James Woods getting a blowjob, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, getting the finger on his way out. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's just a minor detail. Yeah, no, minor no, detail. no sense going into detail. He wrote that. that. He put that in there. I think it would be really good for my character. Hey, a... hey, hey, you guys. No, it would be really good for this. Well, we've been in this convertible, you know. We just got <laughs> like, in prison. Hey, and, uh, hey you, should put, you should put a blowjob in there. I should, put a, should probably blow me on the way out. I think my character would like yeah. that. I think, it would, I think it would really benefit the script. I'm going to go method on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, that brings us to Oliver Platt heading off to Digstown. Yes. So, Oliver Platt... I don't know what the fuck these townies were doing. <laughs> the townies? <laughs> They're like... You're that dude, huh? Well, we want to play cards with you. He's like, no, I'm going to take all your fucking money. 
Uh, well, it, it's explained a little bit. Um, they have a plant in the town who yeah. looks kind of like Richard Dreyfuss's kid or something. With oh, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Also, he's been talking him up the whole time. Yeah, when oh, okay, it's, okay. it's not really, it doesn't jump out at you. I only noticed it this time because I, I, I had these subtitles on this time. Mm-hmm. Um, when Oliver Platt first walks into the bar, uh, Richard Dreyfuss Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, notices him. And they kind of signal each other. I'm going to say he looks like Marty McFly in yeah. Back to the Future. He Park looks too. like one of the people from the future because he has the reflective yeah. baseball cap. I, that's what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, 92, you know. It was the style at the time. Pretty close. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they kind of give each other the high sign. And mm-hmm. Richard Dreyfus Jr. says, oh, I'll introduce you to the boys. Yeah. And Oliver Platt rolls into this bar. And the boys are there. Oh, and they got a card game going. The boys want to play. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Oliver Platt's introduction to them I thought was pretty fucking hilarious. Like, I don't want to fucking do it. He's yeah, he's like, like, I don't want to. He's like, if you guys want to lose all your money. <laughs> and if a townie says, sit your ass down, you're like, I better just sit my ass down because I don't need dental work. I, yeah. Because somebody's going to fight me. God yeah. damn it. Don't. That's the first thing. <laughs> don't go into a townie bar. If you're in a small town and you're going to the bar, nobody wants you there. Yeah, you don't want to be Especially there. don't roll up in a souped-up truck. Unless you're Steven Seagal, there's no reason for you to ever be in a townie bar. Unless that's you're not Steven your Seagal looking for somebody. <laughs> looking for somebody or just passing through. Or just passing through or, you know, defending the, the honor of the native people. I was going to say defending the honor of the native people. It's exactly what I was just thinking. I mean, you got to go to every bar to do that. It's got to break somebody's finger today. Might as well be you. Um, <laughs> I just need time. So I need time to change. <laughs> Bruce Dern. So we're getting introduced to Oliver Platt. Meanwhile, we're getting introduced to Bruce Dern, who I... Robert Guillaume. He's one of my favorite character actors as well. I was like, he's fabulous. He's him in the Burbs. He's so funny in the Burbs. Marvelous. He's 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 a he's a gift from on high. I think he has a crush on his son. <laughs> That's all I can think. Hey, hey, I'm all for you oh know. I'm all for developing what if subplots. So you know, I can actually see it. He kind of has the hots for his son. Um, a little bit. He. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, he's a good-looking kid. Don't get me wrong. He, he's You're got, next, Robbie. He's just like You're, You're next. You're look. And he's like you need to be looking. You gotta, good. you gotta be looking good. You gotta show your handsome face around town. So he get the <laughs> fucking car. When I saw the car, I'm like, dude, he is trying to fuck you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nobody gives anybody that kind of car uh, unless, yeah. And he later mentions like, oh, his car's about twenty five grand. I'm like, that car's not twenty five grand. That no, car's way more that expensive. Was, what a sixty that's, something Corvette. I feel like that's the car that Cameron and uh, Ferris uh, knocked out of his dad's yeah, 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 yeah. It Looks just like it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like Bruce Stern is trying to fuck. Yeah. His son. So a little bit of setup. Robert Guillaume, mm-hmm. uh, Bruce Stern's character. Uh, he is the slimiest motherfucker you'll ever meet, and he is. Yeah. He's just relishing this role. Yes. Uh, he's a big part of the reason. He's like he, he's like a huge reason why I like this movie, actually. Yeah. It has a lot of problems. There's a lot of problems, yes. But, but him and James Woods butting heads and matching cock sizes and stuff is yeah. really enjoyable, to me, anyway. Um, and he's putting his body language into it. He's got that, that weaselly sneer. He does have that weaselly sneer. He's showing off them teeth. He know? knows it. He kn- so Guillaume is basically the owner of all of Digstown. He owns all of Digstown, yeah. yes. And we can tell this even without getting a background in him right from the get-go, because he walks into a fucking arena, a closed arena, and yeah. he literally walks in like he owns the place, because he does. He does. He literally <laughs> owns it. 
and yeah, he's having a talk with his son. They're talking a little bit of shop about boxing. So there's a hint that there's going to be some fisticuffs later. Where they start upstairs, it looked like the bar from Blood Simple. Um, oh, I, that's they, on that's on the watch list for me. I haven't actually seen oh, that. Oh, interesting. That is interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, fascinating. Because I just... Uh, fascinating. I just watched that recently oh. um, for the first time. Um, not my favorite Coen Brothers movie, but still good. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it looked like the bar from Blood Simple a little bit. Uh, but as they get downstairs, yeah, he owns this big gym. Like, just... Small town, um, big, old gym. Big, big by small town standards. Oh, so it's a big gym, but it's like, think old, like small town, old gym built in like 1910 that they've just kept up for yeah, a really it, long It time. looks like the gym from Hoosiers or yeah. something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really does. Um, so yeah, he turns on the lights in this arena and there's some sort of hot rod planted oh, yeah. there. And he's handing it over to his very young teenage son named <laughs> Robbie, Robbie Guillaume. Yeah. <laughs> and... He keeps using... There's an emphasis on, you're next, Robbie. You're next. Basically, he's saying, like, I run this town. Now I'm going to pass it off to my son who's barely graduated high school. Yeah. By the looks of him. So this is going on while Oliver Platt is playing cards. He is cleaning these townies out right oh, now. Oh, yeah. And he's getting drunk. And he is... Yeah, I have um, Oliver Platt beer pitcher chug, which I just love. He's just... You think he met, went method on that? I I hope so. I mean, his head is it's huge, but uh, that's. I mean, he could store that in like his cheek his cheek pockets like <laughs> a like hamster. A camel. <laughs> it doesn't hit the bloodstream it's until like ten hours. His, later. It's in his back. He just kind of does a flex, and he's like, "Oh, there we go." <laughs> Got it. Thirsty. Um, he's sweating profusely. In oh, this. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. He's so sweaty. Um, he ends up. He ends up winning all the card games. Then he makes another bet. He, then they're playing pool. Mm-hmm. They just kind of sh- goes to him shooting pool. And then the kid Robbie, they go for for slips. They go for pink slips. Yeah, Robbie makes his way over to the bar and he joins in on this this uh, gambling that's going on. Yeah. And Oliver Platt is thoroughly trashed at this point. At Damn least it. that's what the townies think. Yeah. Um, how many pitchers? It was like double digits. <laughs> well, he was drinking while they were playing cards, and then this is after the cards. He's just drinking beer from the pitcher. And yeah. this is a dark beer, so most of your light, most of your American lagers are going to be about 4.5 to 5% alcohol. This is a dark beer. I'm going to say this is about 6% alcohol. So how many times did he piss his pants, you think? <laughs> I don't know. I hope he went method on this, because that would have been really funny. Be like that Saturday Night Live Dom DeLuise skit. <laughs> 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 Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. That's really funny. But yeah, so the gambling escalates to the point that we're done with cards and now we've moved on to pool. Now now we're just talking shit. Uh, oh yeah. 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 But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say after pool. So now again, we this this fucking masculinity theme is in every fucking movie we watch. Yeah. Um so Robbie gets baited into a bet. Yes. Um for there, they, they decide to gamble for slips, and yeah. just so happens Oliver Platt rode into town in a fancy new truck. Yeah. It, it looks hideous, but apparently it's expensive. I think it's a dually uh, six-wheeler. It's got like a crazy light rig on it and stuff. I, it's it, it's a monster. <laughs> it's I a think, monstrosity. I think the, I think the um, son-in-law... With a Poly Shore, I think they have a truck just like it, just a different color. I think it was <laughs> yeah. I think it was just a popular model in the early '90s. Yeah, it must have been a thing because it, it, to me, it's like, why would you want that? <sighs> but you know, maybe it was expensive. So uh, 
Oliver Platt gets wise to the fact that Robbie has a very nice brand new hot rod out front. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they decide to gamble for slips, and the way they do this is they... Uh, I think they're trying to clear the table. Yeah, the quickest to clear the table in numerical or... I don't know if there's an order, but it's basically just clear the table. I, I would think, like, numerical order. Yeah, something but, like that. So Robbie goes first, and he gets he gets a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and then Oliver Platt, of course, beats him. Yeah. And now Robbie's out of car. Yeah. And it's funny, because we, we get this funny little shot of Richard Dreyfus Jr., just, like, running out of the bar, like, holding his hat in one hand. To go tell Dern, yeah. <laughs> like, doing a Flintstones run or a Scooby-Doo run across the street. <laughs> He's like, Mr. Guillaume, your son just lost that beautiful new car you gave him. Um, yeah, so now they're just... He's just kind of talking shit, and now well, this, that's a great scene. Actually, he's just talking shit about um, again Wilhelm von Humburg in a illust in a painting. Oh yeah, because um. this is he did it in Ghostbusters too, and this is the second time that he's been in a painting. Is he just such a piece of shit? That they don't want him in the movie, like just make a fucking painting. <laughs> God damn it, just get him off here. Well, he shows up later in the movie, but um, you this, read you read the article, didn't I, you? I read this article years ago. I think most people that are into film did. Yeah, this was a Deadspin article from a few years ago about the gentleman who played Vigo the Carpathian. Uh, he was also one of the terror well, robbers. Uh, from Die Hard. I liked him in Die Hard. He, yeah, he was, he was the thick guy. Very, he was yeah. the chunky guy with the ponytail. Screaming at the dude in German. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I see him! <laughs> no, no, he's the one in the elevator. He's just like... No, he, he gets the monitor bomb. Get the fucking thing out of here! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Los! Los! Backlinks! <laughs> los! Oh, weiter, weiter. Yeah. <laughs> so, this gentleman's name is Norbert Grupe, Grup I believe? Or Group? Yeah. yeah. Um... There's this big, long article on, on Deadspin that came out years ago yeah. that uh, basically just reveals him, or outs him, I guess, as one of the worst human beings yeah. to ever live. He's, he's a piece of shit. Um, anyway, he plays, uh, was it James Makem Diggs? Or, I forget the first name. Oh, <laughs> something like that. But yeah, yeah point is, the, ta the town is named after this gentleman. Yeah, and that's who, the, that's who the painting is of. Yes. Uh, it's a painting of a heavyweight boxer. Charles make him dicks. And actually, Trevor has a very similar post, or has a boxing poster up on his uh, kitchen. It's he very much has the old timey uh, pants <laughs> and the boots. Uh, that's what well, the uh, you can tell he was from probably the 1950s. Yeah, because um, he had the he had the shorts. He had uh, conventional gloves. Like the the thing that Kyle's talking about that I have in my kitchen is actually John L. Sullivan, who was a bare knuckle guy. So Charles make him dicks was. Of the modern era. Yeah. So, and he's still alive when the movie's taking place. Uh, so, what happens is Oliver Platt, uh, <laughs> in his shit talk about the townies, I think the line he uses is like, I didn't, I didn't want this. Like, yeah. I didn't ask to play. You guys baited me into this. Yeah. Like, he's like, you know why? Because I told you I was going to win. <laughs> I told him. So is And he... he's right. But at some point, the shit talk starts to turn to the painting behind him. Now, I think that it should be very clear that Bruce Dern is probably the most degenerate gambler I've ever seen in any movie. <laughs> like, he's literally like, like, how much do you want to bet that coffee's hot? Like, mm -hmm. I'll bet you $50 it's not that hot. Like, <laughs> anything. If he sees it, I feel like he's making a bet on it. And, 
That's exactly what's happening. That's... Yeah. So what's happening here is Oliver Platt is talking shit about this Charles Makem Diggs, this painting behind him, and the townies get pretty upset with him to the point that one of them actually like gives him a shot to the gut. Yeah, which is super stupid um, for him to do. It's just kind of weird. And then this townie that knocks him down mentions that like, oh, I've seen Charles Makem Diggs take out as many as five people in one night. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you know anyone who could best that? And Oliver Platt, still on his knees, says, Honey Roy Palmer, played by Lou Gossett Jr. Yes. Has not been introduced into the film just yet. No. But we'll this, get is what gets, this is what gets things rolling. Gets the ball rolling. So it just so happens that uh, by now, James Woods has rolled into town, and we get a fun little exchange between him and Bruce Dern. Yeah. Where they're watching boxing together. Yeah. And James Woods rolls into town with exactly the same model of car that Bruce Dern has. Well, yeah. With a... A little caveat. Yeah. It's like the 300 versus... The, no, it's like the 300S versus the 300 version or something. Yeah, he's like, I went cheaper so I could buy myself some socks. That's yeah. what Dern says. Yeah. yeah. So, James Woods is posted up in town, has not made contact with Oliver Platt. So, no. nobody, nobody's aware of, of the scheme, that's the con that's going on no. just yet. So, James Woods is watching boxing, and he and Bruce Dern get into it. Mm-hmm. And you can tell they're they're whipping out their cocks. They're, yeah. they're measuring. <laughs> well, yeah, because well, Dern has the dude throw the fight, because they make a bet on it. Yeah, they make a bet. So, what James Woods does is he baits Mr. Dern into engaging in a bet with him. And this is intentional. Yeah. So, he's watching a boxing contest, and offhand he mentions, it's like, oh, I, I could tell who's going to win anyway. And this then, is a matinee boxing match. Yeah, I know. It's kind of, it's <laughs> like casual boxing. They have boxing matches from, they must have a movie theater. I think they have boxing matches for movies. It's yeah. Like, oh, what's playing at one? All oh, those two idiots from the farm down the road. Like, mm-hmm. All right, let's go watch and beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah. So, James Woods on his way out says, like, oh, you know, sure, you can have my seat, Mr. Guillaume, who apparently owns this whole town. Mm-hmm. Um. I already knew who was going to win anyway. To which Bruce Stern stands up and says, "Like, well, are you sure about that? You want to bet on that?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as it so happens, Bruce Stern commands enough power in the town that he can just give someone a, a whistle. He straightens his tie, gives him the thumbs down. The the, the Joaquin Phoenix yeah. thumbs down, <laughs> and that gentleman takes a fall. Yes. Uh, which results in James Woods losing a couple thousand dollars. And maybe a little bit of pride, but this was intentional because he's yeah. trying to, he's going for the long con. Yeah. So now all the principal characters have met each other, which brings us to Oliver Platt and his Honey Roy, dropping of the name Honey Roy Palmer. Yeah. Turns out, as a result of Robbie losing the car and Richard Dreyfus Jr. heading across the street to tell Papa. Yeah. I'm uh, DJ. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, Bruce Stern's in the room for this. Yes. And as Kyle said, he's a betting man that will take any bet. He's so fucking hard. Like, he just, <laughs> he just want like, if he sniffs out a bet, he's like, oh, you want to <laughs> you wanna do a little bet, huh? Uh, so, yeah, so they end up betting that Lou Gossett Jr. will beat 10 dudes from Clark County, from wherever they're at. Uh, Oliver County. Oliver County. Oliver County. Um... <laughs> So he's. They bet that he will beat all ten of them, um, in twenty four hours. In twenty four hours. Ten. Yeah, ten men from the county in twenty four hours. Um, James Woods is um, sitting in the back of the diner this whole or the back of the bar this whole time, and basically gets it set in stone. Like, all right, this is gonna. Yeah, happen. he says, "I will back Oliver Platt," mm-hmm. and this is him pretending he doesn't know him. Yeah, which is inconsequential like 10 minutes from now <laughs> <Because they know laughs> for the time being they're pretending they don't know each other yeah um 
But they don't even know if he's going to do it. Like, Yeah, it's revealed uh, in the next scene when we get uh, hung over Oliver this Platt. Is, this yeah. is, I actually wrote this down. <laughs> I, hung over Oliver Platt. Now, I've had some really bad hangovers before, like where you wake up and you're, you forgot to drink water or you forgot to eat or something and you're... Your head is just throbbing because you're dehydrated and you're kind of dizzy because you haven't eaten. But Oliver Platt was tying one off and he was tying one off with beer. So he's pretty dehydrated, I'd say. So he has a shower cap <laughs> full of ice water? I think so. On top of his head. And I wrote down, I'm like, I'm curious about Oliver Platt's hangover cure here. Because he's got, um, it looks like Mylox or um, some kind of milk of magnesia. Something, yeah. And I don't know if he's sweating or if that's water. I think that's sweat. That's a good way to go about it. That's a good way to sweat it out. But maybe he's got hot water in there. I and think he's, he's just a sweaty dude. <laughs> he's, he's in pain. He throws up. Like, he, he really drank hard that night. Oh, yeah. And James Woods is relentless. He's just... I forget I forget some of the examples, but like he was just throwing out the names of like the most hideous food combinations you could imagine. Yeah. Like it was like spam and like pudding or something. It was like it was like Chet from uh, Weird Science. He's like, "How would you like a nice greasy pork sandwich served <laughs> in a dirty ashtray?" Exactly. And so yeah. he's taunting him through the bathroom door as yeah. he's spewing. Uh, um, so during the scene, though, what exacerbates the the hangover is a. Uh, it's revealed that Honey Roy Palmer has not been told of the con just yeah. yet. So James Woods has initiated this con, uh, very high stakes at this point. I think it's like, what, a hundred grand or something? Yeah, it's like a hundred grand. It's you now. It's very important to point out that Bruce Dern has a cop with him at all times. So it's very clear. Not only cop. does he run the town, he he has the police. Like, yeah, he's got like a a cop, a judge, and a banker with him at all times. I, yeah, he, he literally does. Yeah, he's, like, yeah. He, he owns a town. Like, he legit, like, owns the, everybody in this town, <laughs> essentially. Um, it's like, remember the gangsters from Batman Begins? There you go. <laughs> I mean, this is taking place in Texas, and I actually have, uh, I have a, a note over here. We'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, uh, now James Woods, with this very high-stakes con on the line, uh, needs to recruit. Convince, yeah. Yeah, needs to convince Honey Roy Palmer, yeah. uh, who is apparently an associate of his from the past. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's, he's been in prison for a while. He's been going legit. Yeah. Yeah. So he rolls up on Lou Gossett Jr., who is now teaching kids boxing at a gym, like a Y or Y or something, a YMCA or something. Who's the guy from Allstate? That's Allstate, Stan. Oh, I don't know. I call him President Allstate because See, he was the president in '24. It took Lou Gossett Jr. more convincing than him. That guy in Heat, like literally. Yeah. Hey, I saw you one time. Do you remember me? <laughs> Hey, won't you run? Won't you drive a getaway car for me? <laughs> How about you come get shot for me? Jesus! <laughs> yeah, that that was a stretch. Yeah, um, I, I know you have your issues with that movie. Oh, That's one that I won't fight you on because yeah. that was pretty we, stupid. Well, we might have to do Prometheus versus Heat because <laughs> I think that that might be legit. We're gonna have to do Prometheus. That, that might Heat. have to happen. Um, yeah, Lou Gossett Jr., James Woods does some uh, some sneaky sneaky dropping yeah. of like. Oh, this is a nice apartment. No, yeah. Not really. <laughs> yeah. And they actually do some cute things with like the the sound design where you can hear like the traffic like clear Outside, clear yeah. as day through the fucking walls. Yeah, he's 
He's doing a. I, I'll give it to him. Like he's doing a good job. Like he's legit trying to seem like he's not doing anything. Yeah, he's he's there pretending that he's just there as a friend, but it feels sincere. Yeah, and yeah, he has dinner with him and his wife. Yeah, and he says like we're not going to talk any business. Not talking business. And then <laughs> Lou Gossett Jr. starts to see the dollar signs and gets wise to the fact that there is a con running. Well, he calls. He calls. Um... Who does he call that he finds out, basically? Yeah, they have a call in the middle of the night yeah. that, gets, that gets the wheels turning in, in Lugasa Jr.'s head. And he has a really cute line where his he gets out of bed at like 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And his wife's like, who the hell are you calling at 3 a.m.? People who are up at 3 a.m. Yeah, he's just like, people, this time pe- people who are up at this hour. <laughs> it's, like, um, it's a very uh, meek husband line where it's just like, I don't know, but I feel bad. <laughs> Somebody who's up. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's important that we go back to Randall Tex Cobb. Um, oh, yeah. Because James Woods is going back to his hometown. Yes. So uh, Tex Cobb, this, this scene actually kind of got me. Oh, you got, you got the feels? I got the feelies for it. So <laughs> Tex is getting out in like two weeks. And um, we don't know this quite yet. But he's like... Hey, you, so uh, you're going back to the hometown, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going. James was like, yeah, I'm going back there. He's like, will you, will you go say hi to my dogs for me? And he's just like, what? You're gonna be out in two weeks. Like, what? You can't save yourself. I you just, I, I really need you to go say hi to him. Here, take this shirt. He's like, it smells like me. Yeah. And I'm like, you're supposed to think like, God, this guy's kind of a dipshit. Like, <laughs> but when he said it, I'm like. I, I I right now I'm visiting in Seattle. I'm, I'm oh. helping a friend. Oh. I'm helping a friend with his restaurant and. Uh, I haven't seen my dogs in about three weeks now, oh. and I really miss my dogs. So when he was like, "Can you go say hi to my dogs?" I'm like, "You go say hi to that that guy's you dogs. Better fucking you do take it. that fucking shirt over there and you say hi to his dogs." <laughs> I miss my dogs. Oh. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, that, that was a very sincere scene. Even yeah. when he's like talking about his sister, and I'm like, "She hates me." Yeah. <laughs> like you can tell, like he. I'm sure Randall Tex Cobb has a sister that hates him in real life. Yeah. <laughs> You're just channeling it. I feel like he's one of those guys that's like super, like the character is like super nice, but like somebody buys him a beer and he just switches. <laughs> like he just turns into. He's like a, Billy from Predator. <laughs> he just turns into a completely different guy. Oh, but um, but yeah, where were we? So, is this where James Woods? This is. I think this is where he actually is at the house. Like he's. We're introduced to the dogs. And his sister. Yeah, before that, Lugasa Jr. comes over uh, in the middle of the night mm-hmm. to James Wood's apartment in Texas. Yeah. Uh, and they have this funny little comedic beat where he, he basically kicks open the door, mm-hmm. starts pacing around and, and saying, like, oh, if you thought I was going to help you out at this con, you got another thing coming, Buster. Yeah. And then he stomps off through the door and, be, like, the moment it touches the the moment the door starts to shut, he reopens and he says, "Pick me up at eight. <laughs> and then cut. That's yeah. perfect. And then we get the scene where he's he's doing the thing for yeah. Randall Tex. He's doing the right thing. It's the, probably the best things James Woods, a uh, James Woods character's <laughs> done on screen. <laughs> the one good deed. The one good thing. Um, so he has the shirt and yeah. he walks it out to the dog cages. And then we meet a. 22-year-old Heather Graham. I did the math because I have my, I have my <laughs> argument for why James Woods is a piece of shit um, in this movie. Yeah, I forgot how crazy hot Heather Graham was. Ugh. Yeah, she's yeah. so fine. So fine in this movie. Uh, yeah. um. men, men of a certain age. Uh, yeah, we, we, get, we get it. <laughs> so, uh, 
Yeah, we meet her, and he's like, you're, you're her sister? <laughs> if you haven't seen Randall Cobb, he might be one of the ugliest dudes that ever lived. He... He was definitely a boxer. I'll, I'll say that. Much. He's Cro-Magnon, like <laughs> brow hanging over his eyes. That's how like yeah, masculine. He's got the this Neanderthal dude. brow ridge. His yeah. his nose is mush. Yeah, it's just it. It's look, just mashed yeah. potatoes. He like. has a balding perm kind of hair, mullet balding perm. Have you ever seen him in Ernest Goes to Jail? No, but he has the exact same haircut in Ace Ventura. Okay. Well, you, you should look up a, a picture of him from Ernest Goes to Jail, because he, he has a beautiful haircut in that. Also a boxer. I think that he's an actual smoker, because uh, I, I was a smoker for a while, yeah. and I can tell in movies when people are smokers and not smokers, It's mm-hmm. there's there's very much... Smokers have a way of smoking, oh, and yeah, yeah. him smoking in Ace Ventura, I'm like, that's <laughs> No, I that's believe it. He... he was a journeyman boxer. He, I don't think he was ever world class, but he he had that way about him where it's like, I think you're one of those guys who doesn't go to training camp. He just fights. Exactly. <laughs> I always, I'm always fascinated when I when I see something like that in a movie. I'm like, you're you're having somebody who's a professional athlete or some somebody who's an athlete, and then you have them smoking like uh, Brad Pitt in a snatch. Like he's oh, supposed yeah. to be a bare knuckle boxer, and he's just. Smoking a cigarette, I'm like, God damn. Like, how, how do you get your cardio how do you, up? How, yeah, how's your cardio up? Uh, oh. doesn't make any sense to me. Well, that's just Irish traveler, just guts. Uh, <laughs> so James Woods doesn't need Viagra in this movie uh, because no, no. He, he has got it hard up for this character. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's floating every time she's around. Um, yeah, so we get this fun little scene where James Woods meets her. He's like, oh, you're... You're his sister? Okay. Yeah, does make and sense. And they, they have a little bit of flirting. She's mostly, uh, I don't know, not not terribly convinced that he's worth her time. So she's very standoffish for the most part. Um, and the whole time, it's important to note that she is loading up her truck with uh, cleaning supplies. Uh, because there's a, there's a portion of the building that needs to be cleared out because there's a new tenant coming. Yes. And... Uh, if you again, if you care anything about screenwriting, put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. <laughs> um, yeah. Where, where does it go from here? Because this is like we get the setup, we get kind of what's happening. So there's we... a scene in the interim where uh, I think it was the I think it was the mob boss from The Mask. It is. Yeah. Because yeah, I have yeah. it written down. Yeah, the guy with the greasy ponytail. Where's it at? I have it written down as ponytail. Villain from The Mask, greatest yeah. ponytail ever. That's what. Yeah. I no joke. Is. Like him and Steven Seagal, they they have to go at it you know i remember yeah i liked his i always remember him talking to uh i can't remember that guy's name he plays a bad guy in some 90s movies like training day blue streak anyway um (laughs) but he's got him with the golf club just kind of oh yeah yeah. the cops uh tried to shut the club down this morning just his voice and then i heard him talking and i'm like wait a minute and then i saw the ponytail like oh it's him (laughs) Uh, no idea what his name is. But... I don't. I don't have any clue. But that ponytail. Um, apparently, that was what got him the roles that he got. <laughs> and he just p- cherry picked two character actors from uh, Ace or Jim Carrey did, and just put them. He's like, "You're going to be in the mask. You're going to be in Ace Ventura." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so James Woods um, made this wager with Bruce Dern, and it's so high stakes that he actually needs a middleman to. To cover his end of the bet. Yes, the ponytail from the mask is the bookie. Yes. He's a... 
he might even be a book. He might just be like a mob dude who has Corsini. So yeah, yeah. I'd have to assume mob. It felt mob boss. Yeah, Corsini from Vegas. <laughs> I, I hope he's a mob. Boss. I've seen Casino. Yeah. So James Woods apparently has past dealings with this Corsini fella, and he manages to convince him to oh, to back like Corsini. Yeah, Mister like Corsini. Corsini. Yeah. Like uh, <laughs> what was it? I'm confident he can escrow our wager. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> escrow, escrow, escrow. Wager. <laughs> um, so yeah, now Corsini has his money on the table in James yes. Woods's corner. Yes. With the caveat that if you fuck me, you are so dead. Yes. And there's a, a Hispanic fellow in the room that just can't fucking wait to do it. So apparently James Woods like fucked his girlfriend or something. I don't know. It's yeah, never exactly. it's never explicitly mentioned, but you can tell these he two don't like, like each other. Yeah. So really, the like up until the fight happens, there's a it, lot of prep. There's, yeah, a lot of prep. there's a lot of prep, but yeah. it's mostly just escalating the bet further and further like they... it escalates during the fighting too it does yeah so the early portions of the bet though are determining the rules yes and there's i it was actually i thought one of the better scenes in the movie where we get a like a boardroom scene yeah. where james woods and bruce stern are arguing the terms and yeah. oliver plass is like just sitting there no he's like fuming like he's there he's screaming about uh i think the the weight of the gloves and the number of rounds oh because like he was i think Bruce Stern's got his goonies, like his lackeys, the, yeah. the sheriff and the banker and the judge and stuff. They're all arguing that, like, I think it was like 10 rounds of fight at, with like 10 ounce gloves or something. The ounce of the gloves doesn't matter so much, but 10 rounds is like, fuck, Two man. It's like, what happens if you get a guy that just wants to lay on you? Like, that's 10 rounds of him laying on you, and then you got nine more? Fuck that. That's what they should have done. In his defense, um, Benny, your kid. Urquidas? Urquidas. Urquidas. Uh, he does a decent job of reffing. What? For a while. Two. For a while. Three. And then... Oh. And then... And then <laughs> yeah. That's he, all he did. He, he does He does okay. No, like, like actually keeping the fight going. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. No, no, he... The officiating was not a... That was an element of the story that thankfully wasn't part. Like, issue, he's, yeah. he's not a corrupt ref is no. what we're trying to say here. So the terms end up being... Um, these are very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the fighters have to be in Oliver County yes. at the signing of the contract. So the day of. Yes. And a day is 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Meaning, and those 10 fights have to transpire within exactly 24, 24 hours. hours. Yeah. And they agree to these terms. There's a pretty cool shot where Bruce Stern slides uh, James Wood some whiskey? Or yeah, it was whiskey. Um, and he pops it open with one thumb. I was, that, that, that because was he's pretty, cool. Yeah, Because yeah. he's a cool guy. Because he's a cool guy. A, with a suede jacket or whatever, <laughs> with a Jerry Seinfeld outfit. Yeah. <laughs> it was the nineties. You know? Um. So we're now we, Lou Gossett Jr. is doing some training. Uh, he's doing a lot of running. Yeah, um, and both parties are kind of jockeying for position. They're doing some intel on each other. Doing yeah. recon. Yeah. Um. What's his face? Uh, RDJ. Um, <laughs> Richard Dreyfus Jr. <laughs> um. <laughs> he. He's kind of spying on him. James Woods is like, oh, how fast is he? He's like, 703. He's like, make it 840. He's like, yeah, giving so, him like... So we learned that he is thoroughly in James Woods' corner. Yeah. And he's also playing Bruce Stern. Yeah. Um, now this is where Oliver Platt is basically barely in the movie. Which yeah, is... this is where he starts to fade into the background. So the majority of the prep time before the fighting is um, our boxers training for Bruce Stern. Uh, 
and Ugasa Jr. training solo, yeah. mostly with James Woods and just doing road work on his own. Yeah. And during this, we get a, a weird scene where uh, we get some background on this Charles Makem Diggs fella. Yeah. So he's he's talked about a lot in the movie up to this point, but we have no real background on why he's important. So yeah. Ugasa Jr. actually meets him during his road work. Yeah. Um, and that's when I figured out, I was like, oh, it's Wilhelm von Homburg. Yeah. <laughs> so Charles Makem Diggs is now comatose basically uh, uh vegetative well yeah. not vegetative but he's um he's just sitting there but he's conscious he's, he's not responsive he's not responsive so he's just staring off into space and he has like a, a big grand estate with a maid and that's about it which i believe is the house from the texas chainsaw massacre remake actually i'm almost positive it is uh, i wouldn't doubt it it looks kind of like it yeah. um so lugas jr has like he speaks his mind for like as sincere as one can uh-huh. just talking about the nature of fighting and stuff and this non-responsive Charles Makem Diggs just staring off into space so what what we learn about this fellow Charles Makem Diggs is that Robert Guillaume mm-hmm. was his manager and James Woods is forced to explain to Lou Gossett Jr. how he came to be in this vegetative state it was uh, Diggs was on the precipice of becoming like a world champion contender mm-hmm. which is part of why the town worships him um, however his last fight uh, Guillaume got wise to the fact that like the betting odds were against it were against Diggs in, a, in such a way that if he were to lose um, somebody could profit quite a bit yeah um, so Guillaume dumped all his money into the, the other guy winning and doped up his own fighter however his own fighter didn't like 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 we saw Michael Jai White do in Undisputed 2. Like, yeah. He just kind of passed out yeah. after like one solid kick. Whereas Diggs just went at it. I guess he went the distance, but his brain didn't make it, is no. the way uh, James Woods puts it. He was giving him some kind of um, like ammonia nitrate something. Yeah, he, I he, think he, that's exactly He mentioned something like Amyl that. nitrate. Amyl nitrate, yeah. Because um, ammonia poppers you can get yeah. in like... Like, um, so he put it in his no, his nasal spray, basically. I mean, a lot of power lifters do it before they do deadlifts. They'll do an ammonia popper. But what he's talking about is something completely yeah. different. So the thing to take away from this exchange is that James Woods was hesitant to share this because it shows that there is more at stake than money. Yeah. It shows that Mr. Guillaume is willing to play for keeps at the expense of other people's lives. Okay, so bef- before, like, pretty much now it's just escalating... Um, there's one very important scene before we actually start getting into the fight um, that I wanted to get into. Um, my argument that James Woods is the biggest, this is his biggest piece of shit role. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, James Woods in Casino, um, he's good. Like He's very a very not likable character. The mustache makes him even more not likable. Um, but I, I like him in that as being the unlikable character. Him and the kid. Yeah, him and the kid. <laughs> Them just going back and forth is like, this little fucking kid. You shut your mouth. <laughs> um, and he's a he's a piece of shit in um, any given Sunday, um, more or less. Like yeah, he's giving football players extra painkillers, and like yeah, he's dangerously close to dying. Yeah, he's pretty bad in that movie, right? <laughs> uh, so, so for some reason, you'll probably know this. Um, James Woods has picked up Heather Graham again. Forty-five year—I did the math here. Forty-five-year-old James Woods picks up twenty-two-year-old Heather Graham, mm-hmm. and they're driving. And now the town is just—oh, uh, yeah—something happens, and that everybody from the town is huddled around, uh, huddled around something. 
like uh, I think some people are taking pictures even. They're like, what the, <laughs> what the hell is this? No joke, yeah. So Heather Graham's just like, I'm going to get out of the car and see what's happening. So she goes over there. It's her brother dead, naked, in a crate. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> the, the movie just takes a complete shift. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's who they're fucking with. Okay, so we're killing dudes. Um, one... She doesn't react the way I think she would. Yeah, she's pretty lucid after that. Like she's she's down to talk, you know. Like she's 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 not like hysterical or anything. There is a moment when James Woods is like like they're in an office at this place basically. Yeah, she runs off and he chases her into some office to console her, and he's consoling her, and she says something, and he legit gives her a look like he's about to move in for the kiss. (laughs) He legit does. Like he's just sitting there looking at her, and he's just like. His mouth opens a little bit, like he's gonna go for it. Like she's a moment where she's vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> I have it written down. I said James Woods, forty-five, thinks about making out with a twenty-two-year-old after she sees her dead, naked brother in a box outside the post office. That would make Lester from Casino uncomfortable. <laughs> like, oh, geez, that's that's, uh, that's pretty messed yeah, up. Yeah, that's honey. pretty low. But. Uh, had the, if they just if that that one little look if that one little look hadn't been there of him like making a move <laughs> it would have been fine but I'm like no 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 he's a piece of shit well thankfully he doesn't he doesn't act on it he gets ready for he it he never does he yeah, never does no, act on like, it like it to me that's kind of like a it's like Stallone's later movies see I'm confident that say what you will about Sylvester Stallone I think he understands his audience well enough to know that ever since the specialist. No one needs to see him naked anymore, and no one needs to see him kiss women anymore. Because it's, yeah. it's like watching a sentient sausage yeah. casing, not even a sausage, just sausage casing, like press up against a woman. It's like watching a bratwurst that you shot with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? And, and you know, hit with a, a baseball suit. bat a few times. Well, he also knows, so like Mark Wahlberg uh, has a huge, just because I have a buddy who's from uh, Massachusetts, uh-huh. uh, he's from Boston, so he's a big Mark Wahlberg fan because he's a fucking idiot. Um, he, he likes Mark Wahlberg. I'm like, I bet Mark Wahlberg's got a big massachusetts following just because he's from boston and he did uh he did one he did that the movie about the boston marathon bombing. Yes, I remember that. but i think that you're right sylvester stallone probably has a huge philly population oh, enormous yeah. Yeah. like yeah I'm he sure. knows like you don't need know that <laughs> i like to make guardians of the galaxy too no um, but to me that's like I can't picture too many roles where James Woods was a cast as a like light character, like a, a good person, and be cast as a romantic interest. So it makes sense that he wouldn't be having like a romantic exchange with this person because it's just hard to picture. It's just hard to picture James Woods having positive emotions. <laughs> well, I mean, he's not a terrible person in the general's daughter. That's just. A very carelessly written movie, as far as as far as sexuality goes, yeah, sexual yeah. orientation oh, goes in that movie. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think his character, surprisingly, <laughs> of all the people, I think his character was the only one that was halfway decent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In that scene, though, um, James Woods has this weird moment where he like mentions offhand, where it's like, unless you're paying attention, you might not quite get it. Where uh, Turns out that the story that he told Lou Gossett Jr. about Charles Makem Diggs uh, was told to him by Randall Tex Cobb. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's explained through very sloppy exposition <laughs> yeah. that uh, Randall Tex Cobb was labeled the town drug dealer in Digstown. Yes. And was shipped yes, off yes, to yes, prison yes. to keep him from spreading the word, I guess. Correct. I remember and that. Uh, it's mentioned that he's coming out of prison two weeks after James Woods. Yes, that's what it is. And so, so it's arranged it's arranged that he would be killed to keep the secret, basically. Correct. So he was never supposed to come home. Um, okay. So that, that scene has a reason for being there, yes. other I, than him maybe locking lips with a much younger woman. <laughs> so, um, Jesus is in this movie, by the way. Um, I can't think of what his name is. Jim Caviezel. <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, I call him the Passion of the Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> I like the Count of Monte Cristo. That's a really good movie. Well, he, he played both. So he's, he's Jesus with a sword. <laughs> he's got one of my favorite character actors. Michael Wincott. Michael uh, Yeah, he really liked his costume dramas, man. Like his did. period dramas. I mean, he's great. I, he's, I didn't realize cigarette smoking was so popular back in like the 1400s. Well, they, they didn't smoke cigarettes, they smoked pipes. 1700s. 1785. Uh, 1789. So yeah, now pretty much we're leading up to the main event. We're going to Act 3, which is where I am going to actually, Trevor, we're going to... Yeah, we should start to get to the fight in here. So, real quick, I just wanted to say, I mentioned it on the last episode, I said, remind me about Scorsese. Okay. Um, so, the the trainer that um, is in there with Lou Gossett, uh, he's, um, like, rubbing his hands and, like, putting his tape on, yeah. rubbing his shoulders and stuff like that. And I was looking at this guy, and he was talking, and I'm like, I feel like if Scorsese hadn't been a director... He would have been this guy. I feel like it just, I don't know why. I could just picture Scorsese, like just small little Scorsese with his big glasses, just sitting there <laughs> rubbing the dude's hands because it's just so funny. Like the, the guy's really small, but he's got these just giant hands. Mm. You can tell, like, this is something that he's really good at. I think at. he actually worked in boxing. I, I, I could absolutely believe it. Uh, but I just feel like that's. In fact, what, he may have been one of the people in Raging Bull, like one of the cornermen. I wouldn't be surprised. I was thinking, like, maybe, maybe Scorsese just would have been like. Uh, a boxing trainer or something it's like funny, that. Actually, uh, he he's gone on record saying he doesn't like boxing. He doesn't like boxing. He did a he did a movie did about Jake the, Lamont. One of the best movies about boxing. Yeah, <laughs> but no, he probably arguably. No, yeah. he he wasn't a fan of the sport going in. Wow, that's crazy. He's a storyteller, man. He's, he's, <laughs> he's one. A, he makes the best films. <laughs> he makes the best films. <laughs> really does. I've seen The Departed I, at least eight times, probably. No, Scorsese is brilliant. He has a host of imitators, one of whom is Todd Phillips, if you ask me. Anyway, mm. he's the one heading up that new Joker movie. Oh, really, Todd make, Phillips? Of the Old hang- school of Hangover. Hang- yeah. Todd Phillips. Mm-hmm. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Keep that in the back of your mind when you're thinking of, thinking about what to picture. <laughs> Didn't he try something serious? I feel like War Dogs. I liked War Dogs. He I didn't thought, like I it. Thought, I thought it was a lame imitation of better films. I think Lord of War is. I think Lord of War and Pain so and Gain good. did very similar. Pain covered <laughs> covered similar ground better. You can't even say Pain and Gain without me laughing about the, the Rock. No, I, to me it was like. Oh Jesus! Definitely something worth covering as far as storytelling is concerned, oh. but execution wise I was like I've seen this done better elsewhere yeah, plus Miles Teller's in it fuck that guy oh, God. <laughs> although I do want to see Bleed for this mm, you probably don't need to it, hey, just hey, watch hey. Whiplash no 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 I want I want to see it it's about Vinny Pazienza who's that he was a oh the boxing movie yeah. okay I thought you were, I thought it was the like the, the military one with him in no it. fuck that <laughs> fuck that guy make him play the drums put him in a superhero movie make him sad 
make him a war hero, make him a firefighter. Uh, what else can we do with him? We can make him box. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's hit every checkbox. Seriously. And he still hasn't made, he still isn't a household name. No, he's not it's, going. It's I, not going to happen, it's son. Not gonna it's happen, not going to happen. They're trying so hard. Whiplash was your high water mark, and you're funny. Get a job, sir. <laughs> Get a job. <laughs> he's funny in that. 20, do like the rest of us. Get a fucking nine to five. The 21 and over movie, he's really funny. He's funny. Like, he's just a, he's, I call him the funniest dude in your church youth group, because I'm pretty sure he just has that, like that, oh yeah, guys, we're going to have fun at a church tonight. Like, he just has that kind of, that energy to him. Yeah. Funny, anyway, funny that, that was, group. that's a whole nother spiel, but you wanted to talk about Scorsese. That, that's why I, I just wanted oh, okay. to mention that. I okay. just like, I just thought that I just could see, even Scorsese's <laughs> dad, you remember Scorsese's dad, he's in Goodfellas, he's the one making the sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, that, he looks just like one of those guys. No, I mean, he, he, even his nose, you can tell, he's, he's probably been around the sport. Yeah. Um, a lot of times they do that in movies where like the guys working the corner are actually like on set advisors also. Mm-hmm. So they just keep them there doing what they would normally do, like a uh, patch or stitch rather from uh, the UFC. Mm-hmm. You've seen him, yeah. He has like the slicked back, like salt and pepper hair and the bushy mustache mm-hmm. and the glasses. Yeah, he's like the premier cut man in MMA for years. Now he works in boxing because some politics or something. Side note: one of my favorite moments in uh, Casino is Scorsese's mom. Yeah, that was beautiful. She's ah, like, yeah, it's enough. No, she, <laughs> she's great. The breaking my fucking balls, mom. Sorry. <laughs> no, she, she, sorry. she was perfect. Mm. Like she needed to be there. Sorry, enough about the Scorsese's. Yeah, um, yeah, we're going all over. The we're place, all over but, the place now. Okay, so let's bring it to fight night, huh? Media day. So, media, media day. Okay, let's get to media day. <laughs> so I have a question: like, media at an unlicensed boxing match. I was thinking, like, it's small town, I guess, for the print. Because even uh, the guy at the bank is like, hey, to Heather Graham, like, hey, don't be late. You're going to miss the match. Yeah. It's going to go on soon. Well, it's, the, it's their thing. I'm like, I'm like, we are in Texas, so. I don't know if, I don't know if this place is in Texas. But this is in Texas. Really? This, this is all Lou, in Texas. Because Lou, Lou Gossett Jr. was in Texas. It's, all of this is happening okay. in Texas. I thought it was, like. Deep South. No, because the the penitentiary, the guy that the dude fights is actually from Georgia because I had to look him up. Um, But the penitentiary is like not far from where they're at and it's it's in Texas. That's how they're able to get... Mm. What's his face? Mm. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) uh, So yeah, I was like... Media day. I was like, maybe this is Texas. Like, maybe because... Texas pretty much do their own thing as far as state laws go. They're like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, we have... Unla- like, maybe in Texas... Maybe this is why it's set in Texas. Like, maybe they do... They, maybe at the time, they just had, like, no rules for, like, unlicensed boxing matches. I don't uh, know. Yeah, boxing in particular, state regulations are very different. Gotcha. Um, they're all over the place. Yeah. And boxing has always been kind of the Wild West. I wonder what it's like in Vegas. What can you do in Nevada for <laughs> for boxing? I I just can't imagine. Can you have unlicensed boxing matches <laughs> in Nevada? I'm thinking maybe. 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 Mr. Corsini, how about you chime in on this? <laughs> Don't go to Vegas. Don't go to Vegas. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is when I saw the ref. Uh, yeah. This is when I wrote down uh, Benny. I was super excited because I was just thinking of his fight in Gross Point Blank. Yeah. Um, just a lot of fun. I'm telling you, you need to check out his other fights. I've got... I've got Because uh, that, that was when he was older and slower and, and matched up with John Cusack, who I don't think is a physical spe- specimen of any sort. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no. 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 I mean, I know he held up that boombox, but, you know, that's, he was, that's a different kind of workout. He was in 16 Candles, and he was beta to Michael Anthony Hall's alpha nerd. Oh, yeah. That's holy shit, dude. Michael Anthony Hall. He had. No, Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony, right? Michael Anthony. Who's Michael? Oh, that's the bassist from Van Halen, isn't there, it? Yeah, I think you Michael right. Anthony Hall, Anthony Michael Hall. I think there, Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that happens, folks. Welcome back to This is the 80s. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. That's when you noticed the ref? Yeah, that's when I noticed the ref, and I got super excited because I'm like, oh, Trevor's going to mention this at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then I, my next note that I have. Um, now, boxing is going now. Um, mm-hmm. We're starting off with... So, there's a group of ten. Yeah. Now, we failed to mention that um, Oliver Platt goes to get goes to talk to a couple of the guys that are going to be so, fighting. So, what's going on here is there's a, lot of, there's a lot of sleazy shit going on on the sides before the fighting even commences. Okay. So, I was watching Snatch uh, not too long ago. Okay. And um, this will be relevant because we just covered um, Locks talking to smoking barrels not too long ago. But um, Brad Pitt is fighting in the under the unlicensed bare knuckle boxing. Oh, not bare knuckle. It's just unlicensed boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just wondering. I'm like, there's no regulations really, um, and this is just for people to make money. Like that's all this is oh, is just for betting. It's like, also a public event though, so it's private. it it's fought under conventional boxing rules. Conventional, yes, but like the whole thing is just like th- this is set up. Like I oh, know yeah. no, this is set up. Well, and there's a shit ton of money on the table, so of course they're going to be playing every angle they can. So who's betting on this? Like, are they betting on who is going to fall? Like, it's not even like who's going to lose. This yeah. is like this is like flipping a coin. Like who's <laughs> who's going to fall? Like who's like? Well, Oliver Platt's in the crowd taking bets. Exactly. And so, this is actually part of the the long con is that James Woods anticipates this and the idea is not only will we have this bet going with Guillaume, which mm-hmm. is continually escalating by it the way is escalating um is this where has he gone in no that's the second day no, Sorry, the, the idea here is that part of the way they're trying to con the fighters is to structure things in such a way that the drama builds yeah. that the crowd gets invested and that they the crowd starts to believe that honey roy palmer might fall uh-huh. So they'll, you know, bet more. I would put, definitely bet against him. Absolutely. He's fighting 10 guys he's and fighting he's, he's 48 years old. It's, oh my it's gosh. said in the movie. He's he, 48 years old. Like, while he's training, I'm like, I get it. He's supposed to be like an older, scrappy dude that's still got it. When he pops that shirt off, he's got like an <laughs> old man hunch when he gets Yeah, um, his physicality leaves something to be desired. The one saving grace, and this is me stretching very far to try to defend this film is that it's common knowledge that the last thing a fighter loses is their power Mm -hmm. the legs go first power goes last and his record which it's very important to know um guillaume Mm -hmm. uh bruce dern does some research on mr honey roy palmer like right after he makes his bet actually yeah and he discovers a couple of very important facts one of which i'll keep concealed for now Mm -hmm. but uh, the one that's relevant right now is his record. It's like 36 and 0. All no, no, 36 and 2. But all knockouts. With, like, virtually all knockouts. And he tells the dudes, he's like, uh, we should probably be taking a dude seriously who's gotten this many knockouts. Yeah, that regardless of age, the man has power, and especially in boxing, power is sneaky. Sometimes guys who don't look like much just have a gift. 
from from on high that gives them special powers. If you want to test this theory out and see if uh, power is the last thing a boxer loses, uh, go smack Mike Tyson in the face. <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> Well, I mean, you won't like, know what happens. You'll slap him, and then you'll just be in the hospital. I mean, George Foreman is an extreme example because he was a big motherfucker. <laughs> huge. Like Ugasa Jr. Unfortunately, doesn't have like a Michael Jai White body to sell it. But George Foreman was in his late forties and was putting people to sleep. I want to say Sugar Ray Leonard. That's kind of who he reminds me of a little bit. Uh, That's the only old boxer that I can think of that has more of that. You you can say Mayweather, but Mayweather's a lighter weight. Well, I, would I mean, say. he he. It's funny because he actually does kind of look like an old timey boxer from mm-hmm. like the forties and the fifties. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like a contemporary fighter at all, but he's not supposed to be. Like no. he he does look like kind of like a Jersey Joe Walcott or something or a Charlie Burley, like just size and weight, like not yeah, he, just uh, and also the athleticism. Like like I said about Randall Tex Cobb, a lot of guys back in the day fought. They f- trained by fighting. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't go to the gym. They just kept fighting every day. Sometimes more than once a day. <laughs> Right, I'm gonna rip the filter off this cigarette. I'm gonna knock you the fuck out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what he. That's what like, Randall Tex Cobb yeah, was doing. I'm gonna eat half a steak before I get in the ring. <laughs> I think he's still alive. I think Tex Cobb's still I alive. I wouldn't doubt it. But I, I just would have expected. You know, boxers. Yeah, professional and athletes. Smokers too. Yeah, smokers. <laughs> but yeah, um, so on this first day of fighting, uh, we get our grand reveal of the not so spectacular physique. Um, we get a fun little montage moment where uh, all the guys in the back are. Uh, are uh, getting like a, a pep talk from Bruce Dern. He's telling me exactly what they're gonna. He be has doing. a game plan. He has a game plan. Uh, by I, the way, there's no weight class. Like no, there's no, no. absolutely no weight class. I'm, I feel like that's something that that James Woods would have tried to do. Yeah, you would think there'd be a stipulation about <laughs> yeah. weight class, but I think I think and again, this is me stretching very hard to defend the film. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be all heavyweight. All heavyweight. These guys. Gossett is not a heavyweight. No, he's he's probably like a middleweight. Jesus is. Yeah, he's like, was, he was like he's about the size of Conor McGregor. Yeah, like he's about Con- 180. Jim Caviezel is like 145 at most. I was gonna say he's like 150. <laughs> um, there's there's a gentleman who's over 250 at some point, but the the idea I'm trying to force here is that heavyweight has no upper limit. Okay. So it's just like. 200 up basically i have a question for you yeah now i'm i know of boxing and mma um weight classes yeah now i know from wrestling that going up a weight class just five six pounds can completely fuck you over like especially in terms of power (laughs) and like it doesn't take much like you could you you could weigh in at 130 like you bump you if you accidentally wrestled somebody at 135 you get your ass handed to you because you're like fuck that's five extra pounds it's just those little just that little bit makes all the difference now especially at the middle weights where you can crush down into like a weight class that's 30 pounds under you're walking around weight because if you get a dude that walks around at 185 drops 20 pounds for the season wrestling at 165 he's still 185 inside yeah (laughs) Um, now in boxing is that is that the same oh absolutely okay Okay. absolutely I had a feeling Uh, I wasn't really sure my idea is that in the script everyone was supposed to be heavyweight gotcha and that just waves that off well what's his what's the kid's name um Robbie yeah, Bruce Dern's boyfriend's son. <laughs> he does have gorgeous eyes. Like he has like the most perfectly tailored eyebrows and eyelashes. Do you remember? Did you see Semi Pro? Semi Pro with uh, a long time ago. Yeah, fucking Will Ferrell's talking to Andy Richter. He's like, "You, 
You're like a friend who's been like a son to me. <laughs> like son is the exact same age. <laughs> like a friend's son. But this is like his boyfriend's son. Um, but he weighs about as much as me. Yeah, about no, he's, one, he's a small guy. 160, 165. He's a skinny guy. But yeah. also remember the two kids, Jim Caviezel and Robbie, they're both there at Bruce Stern's urging because they're trying to reclaim their honor or something and there's a stipulation allowing them to wear headgear yeah so maybe they're like supposed to be the outliers or something um jesus says the n-word okay so (laughs) (laughs) jesus says the n-word the first fight happens yeah first uh, fight is between uh honey roy palmer and uh i i think of him as uh buff nathan fillion yeah, <laughs> Buff Nathan Fillion. Uh, apparently, yeah. he was an active boxer at the time of filming. But yeah, he just looks like Buff Nathan Fillion. And the important thing to note about the first fight is that it's a legitimate fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as the shit hasn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as we'll learn later, not all the fights are legitimate because no. both parties have have gotten their claws into the participants. Never ever bet on a underground or not licensed <laughs> boxing match. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be gonna go the way. <laughs> yeah, it's never going to go the way you think. But that you have first no fight, idea what's happening. That first fight is a legit contest, though. Yeah. And it's supposed to be the tone setter, at least for betting purposes, because mm. it's supposed to show that Honey Roy Palmer is vulnerable. Yeah. So the crowd will want to, you know, bet against it. Yeah. Um, he manages to knock the fella out, and yes. we get the second match, which is this. Uh, is this Jim Caviezel? I think it's Jesus a second because I have right in my notes is like I see the ref and then the first dude and then Jesus says the N word, um, <laughs> and that's when I'm like, oh, like I was really thrown off guard because there's been I can't think of anything race related. There hasn't been one mention of yeah. anything yeah, about it, race. Yeah, it's this is the first time this has entered into the picture and it it comes pretty harsh. <laughs> Honestly, if like this third act, if they would have kept this thread out. I would be more okay with like this would be okay. more of a fun movie. That's fair. Um, but yeah, this is where I'm like Jesus. Yeah, like, it, it escalates quickly. It es- so this is this is, this is the first hint of the the darker elements of the story, and it's just one word, but it, it cuts pretty deep. Yeah. And basically, uh, Honey Roy Palmer beats him pretty legitimately, and then he th- he throws a temper tantrum. He drops that end end bomb. I think he punches Benny Arquitas. <laughs> Um, somebody does punch Benny, but it's no, no, late. no. It's it's the guy from the bar. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Lou Gossett Jr. knocks his ass out and gives him the spanking in front of the crowd. Yeah, everybody kind of glosses over the fact they just called him, you know, one of the worst things you could never call a person. <laughs> yeah, and then we're on to the next fight. Um, is this um another townie or are we getting to the young the young black? Guy? Uh, is this the is this the guy that got the, the shit? The, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this one is. I'll take. I got it from here. Yeah. Uh, go, for it, go for it. Go for it, sir. So, this is where James Woods is. Uh, this is where his con is starting to come in. Now he has, basically, as we saw in um, Undisputed Two, um, he is later put something into the drink of this guy and this guy's got bubbly rumbling guts going on yeah it's like ren and stimpy fart noises happening somebody has a one of those this is probably when they invented that fart machine do you remember that oh yeah my dad had one (laughs) (laughs) okay so wayne's world 2 Dude, lots of girl, lots of guys' girlfriends are in there. <laughs> lots of dads have. <laughs> yeah, my 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 dad's fart machines in there. A lot of dads' fart a lot, machines. A lot there. of dads' fart machines. 
Um, so yeah, I think this is where they came from because it's like it, it's exactly the same noises. Um, but yeah, this dude's huge, and I'm I'm like this monster. He looks like ogre from uh, yeah. From Revenge he he of the looks Nerds. like a little bit smaller ogre. Yeah, and less ugly, but. Uh, I'm like, this dude is going to shit. Like, I was actually ready for it. Like, I'm prepared. Oh, yeah. He's going to shit all over the place, and they're gonna have to take, <laughs> they're gonna have to take a recess. Uh, but he may he makes it out. How I don't know how he makes it out of there. The way he's like <laughs> rumbling and bubbling. Oh yeah, uh, Lugasa Jr. is relentless with the body shots during their very oh, brief yeah. contest. Just working them kidneys, working them ribs, and. <laughs> Eventually, the the bubbling and gurgling noises get bad to the point that the man just exits the ring of his yeah. own accord, and it's counted as a loss. <laughs> I wonder if that's ever happened in boxing history. Like, uh, yeah, like where somebody's like sitting there fighting, and then like you don't like you get you feel the rumble and you feel it coming, and you just stop and boom. Well, I know I know for a fact people have shit their pants in the ring. <laughs> Um, not at the moment of the knockout, but knockout shit. <laughs> it usually comes right after, not during. <laughs> I know there's a. I'm sure it's on YouTube or something. There was an instance where someone got like a rear naked choke on someone that shat themselves. Oh, that's so. Imagine having that. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it happen before. Like because yeah. the way your bodies are lined up in that position. Oh, you, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> it's like I don't even care if I win anymore. <laughs> ew, 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 it's on my leg. It's everywhere. Jesus. <laughs> it's just like someone hops over the roof of the cage. Oh. So yeah, so he doesn't shit his pants, but yeah. this is where this is where the young black kid comes. Yeah. From. So um, as it so happens, uh, James Woods' crew uh, are tipped off by RDJ mm-hmm. um, that there's two people on Bruce Dern's team, uh, two black gentlemen who. They're brothers, actually. Yes. I think Busby brothers or Buzz, Buzzy something Not brothers. Sure. Um, so they're brothers, and it, he's tipped off to the fact that these guys are willing to help out. Yeah. Um, so if they pay them accordingly, they'll take a fall just fine. Yeah. Um, what happened? What they discovered, though, is that the younger of these two brothers is a very poor actor. Yeah. And he interprets uh, putting on a performance and going easy on Honey Roy Palmer to mean dance all night and throw no punches yeah it, he's it's he's clearly not fighting so he's a young man in his physical prime faced with a tired 48 year old man yeah and not throwing any punches in front of a crowd who's very partisan yeah and uh bruce the, stern is figuring it out yeah he, he quick at a glance he figures this out but he should know that like what's going on here like he's trying to throw the like he's trying to do stuff it's it's kind of like a game of chess. It's just like who's gonna outcon the other one. But this is where Bruce Stern's like, well, I don't think that James Woods is fighting fair here. <laughs> He's like, I, think, I don't think that's very gentlemanly. Like, no. But <laughs> I think that Bruce Stern did know that because after this kid gets beat by Lou Gossett, um, yeah. basically Lou Gossett tells him like, this is this is doing nothing for the crowd. Just fall down. Just yeah. go to sleep. And, and, of course, he, he lays down. He goes down for 10, 10 count, leaves. Yeah. And then in the locker room, some stuff happens. Yeah. So they go grab his brother, mm. uh, who's a bigger dude. So Damn. The, the, 
The younger brother is a little bit smaller, different weight class altogether. Yeah, no, um, he's not a heavyweight. <laughs> yeah. It looks like Martin Lawrence and Will Smith <laughs> in Bad Boys. Like those are the two yeah. different sizes. Yeah, there's okay. a definite size discrepancy. Very clear. <laughs> um, so his brother goes into the bathroom, and I'm already shocked by the the N word dropped by Jesus. Mm. Um, and I have my notes. I'm like, dude, dot dot dot. The racist turn this movie takes. <laughs> They put him in a noose. Not even, like... He's standing on a chair with a noose around his neck. You could have tied him in a chair. You could have, like, tied him in a chair and poured gasoline on him or something. Like, (laughs) We gotta go the traditional route. Put a noose on him. Like, I let out an audible. Holy shit. Yeah, that escalated quickly. Because the movie, like I was saying, I was comparing it to The Ninth Gate, where you have this tone that you're trying to... You're trying to set a tone... And the music in this movie is just very like yeah, very bebopping, and scatting, whimsical. You're waiting for uh, Kurt Russell to honk his semi horn two yeah. times as he's driving by. <laughs> yeah, I got a six pack now. Big deal. Yeah, we don't get pulled over for that shit now. Yeah, and then you throw a black dude in a noose. Yeah, it's like, just oh, all the, oh, the tone oh. has shifted drastically. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I so, say the music doesn't match the tone. No, no it. Like I said, the music to me sounds a little chintzy, and chintzy oftentimes comes across as like too bouncy, too colorful, too fun. Yeah. And in this case, definitely. Yeah. Um, so the the events that happen in the locker room influence the next fight. So the brother goes out. Ham. Dern has told him that he has to win. Yes, he's like, you win or something's gonna happen. And this guy is capable of winning. He he's a is, big fella. He's big. He definitely outweighs Lucas easily. Oh yeah, no, he's he's a head taller than him and yeah. twice as wide easily. Um, so he goes out and it's understood by James Woods's corner that this guy's on the t- he's on the take yeah. and he's on our side. Yeah. Instead, this guy comes charging out the corner and trying to take his head off. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. And remember, several fights have already transpired, so this old man is suddenly faced with an, a dire physical threat. He has this dude beating the like trying to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, like. and so what follows is a decent fight. Like yeah. the drama's actually legit. Yeah, As, the guy who plays Ham does a very good job with his physical acting, where you he can does. tell he's distressed. He's trying. Yeah, you can definitely he's tell. not. He's there's no technique. It's just no. kind of like. I gotta kill this guy, otherwise something bad's gonna happen to my brother. And he's legit trying, like, they, his his brother's in a noose, and if he doesn't beat this dude, they're gonna hang him. Yeah, so he's, yeah. The drama comes from the parties not knowing yeah. what the other ones do. So this it's is like it. James Woods' corner, they're angry. Like, they're upset, they're like, what's his problem? And he's just, like, in this emotional crisis that they're not aware of. And sure enough, Lugasa Jr. manages to put him down, and we get this really good moment, um... Again, probably belongs in a different movie, but we get this really great moment where he is unable to make it up for the 10 count, but instead of getting to his feet, he basically just rolls out of the ring, like disregarding the count, and just runs straight straight to the locker room. And conveniently, the sheriff runs right behind him. Yeah, um, because his brother is dead. Yeah, so they went through with it. Again, like... We have a dude hanging, which for me, this is something that bothers me. For kids! <laughs> this bothers me in movies. It's something that gives me the, the heat. The, uh, the heebie-jeebies? The heebie-jeebies. Is that, is that 
politically correct? I, I don't. I don't even know anymore. I it might not be. I'm still know. using it. I don't know if did it's they say it in Scooby Doo. I think if they said it in Scooby Doo, it's totally fine. I think we're. I think we're good. I think we're good. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, people hanging always freaks me out. Like um, Braveheart is oh. a really that's a really terrifying thing. Where like you you see the feet. I think it's really powerful in Gladiator when you see like that. It's still very eerie to me. But this is it's a little bit stronger than that because this isn't. Well, I mean, again, the the actor, the guy who plays Ham, I don't unfortunately I don't know his name, but his reaction is pretty genuine. Like, yeah. He's devastated and all he's trying to do is like strip away the reality of what's happening. But when he's he... trying to like hoist him up to like get, you know, remove the leverage yeah. of the of the rope pulling him and then the sheriff comes in and It would be one thing if they had him hanging and like like Brendan Fraser and the mummy like oh. like struggling and he had, manages to get him out well, or something like that. If it like was that. anything else, like if he had a bullet in his head. I'm just saying if you... Like if he if he was just dead without showing explicitly how it happened. With the filmmaker's trying to like... Well, but then they also dial it back and when Ham is trying to get his brother down from the ceiling, mm-hmm. um, the sheriff comes in and actually whips out his gun because <laughs> Ham's getting violent because his brother's fucking dead and my, he's freaked out. My head was spinning. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. And there's... I think there's usage of the term boy. You've They've ever... said it. They actually, <laughs> they actually say it quite a bit yeah. near the end of the movie. Yeah. I it's like, like, better like back up right now, boy, or something. It's like, ooh, okay. <laughs> but when you... If you're going to try to intimidate, if you're threatening somebody with something like this, it's supposed to be like a power move. But when it's a young, when it's a young black man well, in the South being hung, what, like what I'm getting to though is that um, there's a suicide note planted on him. Planted. Planted. But. But that that's how they get out of this death. That's how they write it off as not a lynching. Not no, that. No, no it, there's there's an attempt at that later. Yeah, that that's especially weird. But in this case, they used the suicide note to write it off as, oh, I really wanted to beat that old man. I didn't do it, so I killed myself. I just that <laughs> like the movie was whimsical and like it was goofy, and then this was just too much. That's it was a bit much, uh, but I gotta say it's actually pretty well acted. Like that scene is well acted, but. Later, it's not. Later, the the brother like we'll, we'll get to. Yeah, the, the payoff. The payoff. The well, fucking payoff. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's Jesus. not a payoff. That's not a payoff. No, that's that's an insult actually. Oof, yeah. Good line though. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so I'm like, I Jesus Christ. The third act is dark. Yeah. Um, and I have dot 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 and another news. Um, yeah. So basically now, now um, we get a now we get a reprieve from the fighting. Yes, because a man just died. A black, yes, a young black man was hung, uh, <laughs> and so people are, you know, told to Jesus. go home, and we'll reconvene tomorrow for the end of the twenty-four hour event. I just think that it was irresponsible in the filmmaker. They could have gone a different route with they threatening to kill. They could have, but uh, I think this was based on a book. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. So well, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the book had more content of that type and, well, and a different tone well if that's the case then you need to have the characters be that needs to be a thread throughout that's like a, that's if it if it is something that came from the book um then that's an example of poor adaptation because mm-hmm. what you should do is you should trim around that yeah and make the, make all your scenes suit the tone of your film uh, yeah let's make it very that's, clear that's, that's a very important element of adapting a screenplay is yeah. you need to 
figure out what fits for this project, not not taking it taking it from the book because it came from the book. And see, that could have been motive. They could have used that as motivation for Lou Gossett. Like that could have been the whole thread. It kind of like, was. It wasn't until this happened. Yeah. He's like, now it's now it's personal. Yeah. Like, if they would have done, if James Woods would have pitched him, like, hey man, there's this crazy racist dude that is like fixing boxing matches and make Bruce Dern racist and like he's got control of this whole town. He's almost got like a Mandingo fighting yeah. um, kind of thing going on, like super really 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 bad well, it's it's kind of like on the fly character development where i mean all of our main characters got into this because of the money yeah purely because of the money yeah. and it all kind of snowballs after that yeah i want to make sure that i use the uh that term i, I hate using that term but that's mandingo yeah no that's correct i know it's correct it just it it feels wrong <laughs> well it's I, not something you use in every day. No, it's not something you use every day. But yeah, that's if they would have gone with something like that, I feel like it would have been. Um, this would have been more earned. But anyway, but yeah, um, yeah there's another noose. There's <laughs> another noose. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's put a white guy in this time. That was a little. It's kind of a nothing scene, really. It, yeah, there's no, there's no way to. He's just like, oh, I can't wait to kill you. He's like, oh, you're probably not going to kill me right yeah, now. Yeah. So Corsini's goon, the Hispanic gentleman that had beef with James Woods for some reason. Corsini's goons, I really like that. <laughs> um, he ambushes James Woods uh, in the middle of the night. So this is between the days of fighting, mm-hmm. uh, and he strings him up on a noose briefly, briefly, yeah, briefly, as just a vague threat that basically it's like. Oh, you better not waste my boss's money. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you know, Roy took some punches. It's a boxing match. It happens, you know? I feel like then... And you think this is going to help me to win? <laughs> like, the stress of being hung? Yeah, this isn't... This isn't, this isn't going me. to help me corner him. <laughs> uh, if I think you might be right that if this is based off of a, off of a book, this would make more sense. Like, Yeah, this that scene in particular felt very empty. Like, yeah. It's just kind of there. And even the follow-up to it where it's like, I think what they were trying to do was Lou Gossett Jr., definitely after the hanging, mm-hmm. is more, much more motivated. Mm-hmm. And it, it shows in his performance, where it's like, I'm, I'm in it now, much more than I was before. Whereas James Woods doesn't get a push, so they needed... I think they felt obligated to give him more stakes in it, other than money. Where it's I like, feel- oh, his life is on the line. I feel like if the, this book was probably set like in the 50s. I don't know. 50s rural Texas. I feel like it would have made more sense. Like the betting and racism. Like I wouldn't would, doubt it. It would, it would have made more sense. Which brings us to the, the next day of fighting. This is where we Are we going to up the bet here? Oh, yeah. Um, so throughout all the fighting, there's, si- there's a side bet that continually just gets stacked up on top of this. I honestly, like, I heard him talk about the side bet. I'm like, there's a fucking side bet. <laughs> yeah, like, we're God getting damn. we're getting into, like, millions now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bruce Dern is going to try to clean this dude out or break his legs one way or the yeah, other. Yeah, so James Woods resolves himself to take everything Bruce Dern has. Mm-hmm. And as Kyle pointed out, Bruce Dern is more than willing to take the bait. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So yeah, this wager is getting completely out of control. Yeah, and the first fight of the second second evening, I think, is uh, the guy that punched Oliver Platt. Yeah, and he's the one that punches Benny Urquidez. Mm-hmm. So he's another sore loser that actually kicks Lugasa Jr. in the junk. Yeah, he doesn't. He hit him. Who's the dude he knocks out the very first punch? Oh, that I don't think he had a name, but he he looks like 
Michael Keaton on the very worst day of his life. So I know that <laughs> the dude with the cigar is that yeah. what you're thinking. Of? So this guy, I'm guessing it was just like another townie that's just like a brawler of yeah, some kind. I, I think he may have been paid off because mm-hmm. he is just there to lay down, and he does it well actually. Um, I know this. I've seen this guy. I can't. It's he's a very a, a very memorable face I, I think he was one of the cops in uh, Christmas Vacations like I told you to freeze mister <laughs> maybe blink yeah he's he was in something I just watched very recently I just can't think of what it is but yeah he just knocks him out with one punch oh yeah um, it's, it's a nothing little scene but the guy does a good job just uh, falling on his ass no. it's a single punch knockout and he he slumps over convincingly Um, Jason Clark was the guy I was thinking of from those uh, he was in Terminator Jen Weiss's. Oh, Jen Weiss's. Um, and Everest, and uh, the second of those new Planet of the Apes. War. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he kind of has that facial yeah, structure. He does. But yeah, this guy just shows up with his like he's wearing like jeans, like yeah. knee like like rolled up jeans. Yeah. He, <laughs> he smoked, doesn't even have boxing trunks. He's smoking a cigar. He's got roses. Is he doing the? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He's, do, he's he's doing like kind of the like old timey bare knuckle style like holding his hands up with the knuckles turned out yeah um so what comes next i think it's tank that's next that's the that's the dude that punched uh that's, the, oh. that's like the dude i think he was in high school high as like someone's bodyguard oh high school i've never seen high school high. oh high school high is horribly dated i i think it might still be funny but hmm. if if you're sensitive to certain things that you might be sensitive to it's probably like gotcha. offensive as all hell but i like to meet some john lovitz <laughs> fuck off <laughs> but yeah tank is as his name as is an apt description uh he's like 250 pounds he's a head taller than luke gossett jr yeah and is just a barroom brawl it's actually one of the legit fights in the in the movie mm-hmm. so there's no shenanigans or whatever luke gossett actually has to beat him yeah and the Music kind of takes on a fun tone here. Again, it clashes with yeah. with some of the events of the movie, where it has like a old timey like saloon piano playing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's like a slow like downbeat tune that kind of works for the the size of the character, mm-hmm. where you, and also like the choreography of that fight. Like you can tell it's it's more like a wrestling match than a boxing match, mm-hmm. and it, it ends with Tank getting knocked on his face and down for the count. Which, what, does that bring us to the... the... So, we have to have, yeah, we have to get um, Bruce Dern's oh, boyfriend. Oh, forgot to, forgot to mention, yeah, the boyfriend. Uh, um, <laughs> that happened on the first day, actually. That was the first day? That was the first day, I forgot to mention. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, so he does that to, like, we're just going to get inside of his head. He has his son, who's supposed to fight him. He's all ready to go, and he's like, I need you to just go up there, look at him, and then walk back down. It's going to mm-hmm. get inside of his head. So, it's going to mess him all up. So apparently Bruce Stern has a plan here. Yes. He's very insistent, even though his, his son boyfriend yeah. absolutely wants to fight because he wants his honor back. Yeah. Bruce Stern is adamant. That his car's not... on the line, too. No, his <laughs> that's car's right. On the line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the important things. <laughs> this whole time, all I'm thinking of is, winner takes it all. <laughs> Sammy <laughs> Hagar. Yeah, that's all I can think of. Oh, that movie could this this movie could have used a song. The like score, that. oh yeah, it could have used. Some but this is like ninety Arena Rock or something. This is ninety two. Arena Rock was on its way out, yeah. and uh, yeah, Motley Crue wouldn't really fit in Digstown. <laughs> I can't I can't figure out if this movie would be better if it were um, like a fun eighties movie or if it were the Coen Brothers got a hold of it and had their way with it. Because I feel like if you wanted this to go dark, 
I think they could have done it. I think they could have uh, made this interesting. Well, I I think for the most part the script and the performances are actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there's some scenes that maybe don't need to be there. I was gonna say if you wanted, and to... if the boxing was a little better, I think that would have helped a lot. And the, the the Coens don't really do sports. They do violence though. They do violence. And as I said, Scorsese doesn't have any appreciation for boxing, but he put some of the most brutal displays of what it, what it. Like he had that inside the ring feel to the, yeah. to the cinematography of this of the boxing and raging bull. But anyway, and, yeah, yeah, sorry. So yeah, the the boyfriend son, yeah, son boyfriend, boyfriend son. Um, he, despite protesting, uh, he does what he's told. Yeah. So on the first day, he steps up to the apron. He looks Honey Roy Palmer direct in the eyes, mm-hmm. and he doesn't enter the ring. So, I think we're on number ten. Air quotes. Yes. So we're on number 10 and they pull out this is the big dude. This is Holyfield basically he so, has to fight. Going back to earlier stages of the film mm-hmm. when the bet was first established we said that Bruce Stern did some research on mm-hmm. Mr. Honey Roy Palmer. Mm-hmm. It's revealed that he has two losses on his record. Only two. Mm-hmm. And they're both to the same man. The dude who is way outside of his fucking weight class. He's <laughs> uh, a person by the name of Hammerhead Hagen <laughs> yeah. who is terrifying. Suddenly appears in the arena. Yeah. With a good old spotlight on. It's a pretty cool moment, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get this cool moment where uh, Ugasa Jr. is just staring out into the crowd, and James Woods is like, You know him? And he's like, That's Hammerhead Hagen. That's Hammerhead Hagen. <laughs> uh, so. Going going back again in in the events of the film, do you remember when Heather Graham was clearing out the basement? Yeah, I do. I so remember all of her scenes very vividly. Oh, we didn't cover her walking the dog. That's okay. okay. Well, to. it's I thought it was really funny that you can like actually see like the bounce board putting like the sexy light on her face. Mm-hmm. It's like, huh, the light the right the light's really attracted to her like you know the we're outside but somehow the sun is just finding its way onto her face just perfectly <laughs> if you would like more heather graham watch killing me softly <laughs> so the significance of her clearing out that basement comes from the fact that our bet had a stipulation saying that any person residing in Oliver county Oliver county at the si- at the signing of the contract is a valid participant mm-hmm as it so happens, Hammerhead Hagen was the new tenant. Yes. <laughs> on the day of the signing of the contract. And, so, yeah. Mr. Bruce Stern slipped him in under the radar. He, and, he yeah. found him and now he's his ringer. He's got the right paperwork. He's, uh, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. Staying, he's like one, there. like the banker or the judge or whatever actually like, pulls out like his rental agreement or whatever, his lease. So now we have, was it Rocky? Which one does he have to beat Creed? Oh, that would be two. Two? Okay, so we have Rocky two basically happening. Yeah, so we get. The uh, the rubber match between Hammerhead Hagen and Honey Roy Palmer. It's of course a legit contest. Actually, legit contest. I really I really like their uh, dialogue when they first see when they're first getting like squaring off in the ring. I, was like, I thought you'd be dead. He's like, I thought you'd be dead by now. Yeah. And Hammerhead Hagen's like, Damn, you look bad. Hammerhead's <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. Hammerhead has it looks like Kimbo Slice basically. Yeah, he still he, looks fine. He, uh, yeah, he's, he's jacked. Huge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. right before he, he lays into it, he's like, now how does this feel? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. Jeez. But yeah, they go at it, and uh, it's a blistering fight. It's probably the best fight in the whole movie. It's I mean, the bar's pretty low, but 
like combination of the music and the editing and the makeup on Lugasa, like he gets pretty royally fucked up. <laughs> yeah, as most people would if they yeah. fought this guy. It's it's a pretty solid contest, and we get the the fun little corner banter where it's like, "Oh, I gotta stop the fight, Roy!" And yeah. James Woods, they have this really awkward dramatic moment where James Woods tries to throw in the towel. And there's a precedent for this. Um, I guess the reason why they stopped working together... It was because he threw in the towel and he wasn't tired. Yeah, yeah. the idea was um, James Woods was urging Lou Gossett to improve his uh, acting ability to up the stakes in the betting yeah. in, a, in a previous scheme, that they, a previous con. And I guess uh, he was his acting was too good yeah. and James Woods thought he was actually being hurt and dying or something. <laughs> so he threw in the towel and they lost a shit ton of money. So there's precedent for him throwing in the towel this time. Uh, they have this awkward moment where Lou Gossett Jr. catches in slow motion the towel being thrown in. 90s ass electric guitar riff. Stallions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he throws the towel back in his face and somehow the ref doesn't wave it off. No. You said Benny was good at his job. I, I question that. Yeah. <laughs> He's okay. He's fine. Like also, as far as I know, in boxing, you're not supposed to throw in the towel. You're supposed to wave it. You don't actually throw the towel. No, in. like it's it's yeah. a real thing because what would happen is if the ref didn't see who threw the towel, someone in the crowd could have thrown it for all, he, for all he knows. So he could halt a contest that didn't reach its natural conclusion. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then we get a weird moment in the choreography where it's very like undisputed too where he just kind of decides to win yeah i'm gonna win now yeah he just he gets up after getting his ass knocked down several times by hammerhead again and just lays him out i would have just laid down like on <laughs> if i like if i didn't know who that's who i was fighting just sitting there getting warmed up and then i see him walk in i would just lay down like <laughs> i think that i think that was a line from uh hey arnold do you remember that show yeah i remember him um there's a scene where Harold wants to fight Arnold. Mm-hmm. The Harold, the kid with yeah. like the big ass, the fat kid, basically, yeah. the fat bully kid. Um, he wants to fight Arnold, and Gerald keeps telling Arnold, "If he hits you, just lay just down. Just lay down. Just lay down." <laughs> <laughs> like right before they square off, you can see Gerald in the background, just like mouthing, "Just lay, lay down, lay down." Lay down. <laughs> so I was like, "Jeez, it's funny because that's contrary to my dad's advice." He's like. Don't go down because it doesn't stop when you go down. If I had a time machine, I would take my phone and have Tank Abbott's highlights. And I would, oh God! I would, I would go to each one of the guys that he's fought and knocked out and have them watch that. Just and lay down. Just lay down. Just lay down. He's gonna murder you. It's not worth it. He shouldn't be allowed to fight. He's too powerful. Have you seen him as a wrestler? No. I know you Just can tell. Just lay down. I can. I can see because I remember seeing. Uh, he had a great sprawl. I'm like, his sprawl is phenomenal. Like, I'm like, no, he, he's a, he, he was in like, I think WCW for a little while. Oh, like actual, like, like oh, pro wrestling. Oh, I thought you meant like professional. And like, you know how pro wrestling's supposed to be fake? It's yeah. supposed to be organized. Boom! It's like he some, somebody touches him the wrong way, and it's like, oh, it's not fake anymore. Jeez, <laughs> oh, that's scary. Yeah, and you know they let him handle steel chairs and stuff too. That's not. You don't do that. He's not a, he's not a good person <laughs> he's not either. A, he's not, not a good person. He's not a good person. You don't want to give him tools. No. That's that's like the the monkey from 2001. Just like you don't want to you don't go on to give, give him, him a him bone. Tools. <laughs> don't give him tools. <laughs> Should put that over a montage of Tank Abbott just bashing people. <laughs> just knocking the shit out of people in uh, chairs. 
Oh. So yeah, Hammerhead Hagen is dispatched. Yes. And, and we get this celebratory moment where victory. All, yeah, Oliver Platt, James Woods, ten for ten. Yeah. Yeah, they're all just like hooping and a holler, and they're super happy. And then yeah. Bruce Stern steps up oh, on the air. No. <laughs> oh no! 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 Little so, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I only he's like, so he had his son walk out because this is where he, they've made a deal with the devil almost. This is this is what the devil would pull like. Now hang on. <laughs> now see here. Now see here. Technically. He didn't walk into the ring. Yeah. He just he just <laughs> he never up. stepped over the rope. He never stepped over the rope, so he didn't actually. He just never went in. So he te- you haven't fought nine people, and James Woods is like, "Well, this is bullshit. Like, <laughs> bullshit. This is bullshit." Uh, but James Woods, he's he's a man prepared. His character's prepared. No, yeah, no. Yeah. So he's like, "Okay, fine." Yeah, and they they. There's precedent for this because during that card game with uh, Oliver Platt in the prison, mm-hmm. um, he reveals that he was hiding an ace mm-hmm. while they were casually playing cards. Correct. They were Again, both. if you care about screenwriting, this is where the pin is. Yeah. <laughs> you can go ahead and go back to that pin. Find that pin we told yeah. you about. Just you remember that pin from like the first fucking shot of the movie. So, why does he choose this guy? Because Luke Gossett Jr. wasn't in prison when this guy was fighting. This is the uh, Latino gentleman, gentleman who was Minoso fighting. Minoso Torres. He, he was fighting uh, Randall Cobb. Yes, Randall he was. Randall Tex Cobb. Um, what's the significance of him fighting this guy? I think it may have been the fact that he was in good with the warden, so he had connections in the prison. Uh, the prison was in Oliver County, so yes. he had access to all the people there. Uh, that would be my guess. And he just... And and I think he was a like a imprisoned prize fighter. Gotcha. Because James Woods points to him and says he's a nasty motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, um. So now he's gonna have to fight a dude they know nothing about. He hasn't. Yeah. He hasn't so, studied his tapes. <laughs> directly preceding this, we had that moment where Honey Roy Palmer had to explain to Gabriel Kane. Yes. Uh, who Hammerhead Hagen was. Yeah. This time. It's the other way around. Yeah, he's got to explain to him. He has to explain to Mr. Honey Roy Palmer, that's Minoso Torres. Yeah. (laughs) He's a scary motherfucker that was in prison with me. He's not, yeah, he's not a nice person. Yeah. (laughs) So, now they've they've upped the bet. Now we're, like, James Woods basically goes into um, the office after the, 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 the brother's killed. And he's just like, I want... Yeah, he's he's slapping that table. He's slapping the table. Um... Which, actually, we've done a good job of not slapping today. <laughs> it's, it's a bad habit. We're trying to get over it, folks. We're, gonna see, we're sitting uh, uh, opposite sides of a bar, and it's the it's very sturdy. Uh, it's very sturdy. Yeah, sturdy I even mentioned top. someone whipping out a dick, and I didn't slam my arm on the door. <laughs> yeah, easily could have done that. Easily, for a fact. But yeah, James Woods is not fucking around. Yeah. And he even tells, what's the dude's name, Ponytail? Corsini. Corsini. He's just like... I want. I need you to cover me for like five hundred thousand dollars. You can fucking kill me as soon as the match is over. And of course, he's like, oh, "Sounds good." Okay. He's basically <laughs> like, if he's if he loses the match, he's basically paying this dude five hundred thousand dollars to murder. He's he's giving Bruce Dern five hundred thousand dollars, then he gets to kill him. Oh, like, that's not really that. Fair. Yeah. That's Mr. Not... Corsini has an unreasonable amount of confidence in Mr. Kane. Yeah. But, you know, I'll allow it. To, maybe... to, to quote the great Mills Lane, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that he's just like, I need you to get me a couple of 
pipe-hitting brothers, and uh, they're going to go to town on him with a blowtorch and a pair of pliers. He's like, I need you to track down a, a wooden mask. <laughs> I believe it has the powers of Loki. Loki. <laughs> this, this, oh my gosh! <laughs> This is John Voight and Anaconda. That's oh, no. this is who he was supposed. This is what he's channeling. <laughs> is this is this guy? So John Voight was watching Digstown or the Mask. Or the Mask. Like, <laughs> That's where he got I, the. I know now what I have to do. I know now <laughs> <what> I <have>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got the script man. in his lap. He's like, Sarom from Paraguay. Paraguay. <laughs> he's like going through the lines and stuff, like doing his normal John Voight voice and like digs towns in the background. There's something missing. <laughs> that guy with the ponytail's got a lot of screen presence. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, so yeah, let's get back. So now he has to fight uh, Torres. Torres? I mean also Torres. Torres. And here we go. Now, it's the last fight. Tenth now, fight. you'll... Recall Bruce Dern when we were first entered when James was yeah, when Dern. we had our first bet featuring Bruce Dern. James Dern's J- James Dern. <laughs> I'm gonna apologize, folks. I've been up since two thirty this morning and I've worked and I'm very tired and I'm probably as soon as I get home gonna crash. So just bear with me here. We're in the home stretch. James Woods, Bruce Dern, uh, when they meet for the first time, uh. Bruce Stern flexes his muscle and shows that he can throw the fight and that he is King Dick of Digstown. Yes. He can tell a man to lay down at, at, at a whim. Now, would you like to take it from here? So, um, Minosa Torres and Honey Roy Palmer are going at it for real. Palmer is in trouble. He doesn't look happy in there. <laughs> He's had a long 24 hours. Yes. Uh, and all of a sudden, James Woods hops up onto the apron and gives a whistle. I would do that, but I actually don't know how. Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> so he gives a whistle, and Minosa Torres just looks over his shoulder at him. And James Woods, copying the body language, the gestures of Bruce Dern from earlier in the movie, straightens his tie. And Joaquin Phoenix is it down. Gives him the Joaquin thumbs down, and Minosa Torres drops his guard, looks at Ray Palmer, and allows himself to be punched on the chin, and he lays down for 10 seconds. Yeah. And then we get the exact... It's actually kind of funny, because they use the exact same like celebration music like two minutes apart. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so we get a, a repeat celebration. <laughs> yeah, and Roy Palmer has... like, Ugasa Jr. is a very good actor. I mean, even if he couldn't sell the physical aspects of the character too much, just his... He has a very specific delivery he in does. the way he speaks. That's why he was really good in Enemy Mine as an alien. Oh. oh, the way he... Have you seen that? No. Mm. I already know what your next movie is. So. Okay, well, that might that might happen at some point. Okay. But he he has a very particular way of speaking that's very charismatic. Gotcha. Um, so he gives this big celebration. He's super happy. Everyone's super happy. And then we cut to Bruce Dern, and he's just, like, wide-eyed. <laughs> I'm actually shocked that Bruce Dern's character isn't, like, going down, like, clawing. Like, yeah, no, he's... This is bullshit. Like, yeah, no, he's very quiet for a moment for a moment (laughs) i'll give him that i'm like he accepts defeat he accepts like he realizes like okay i actually lost yeah his he's just kind of incredulous and he's sitting he's still sitting and he he looks james woods dead in the eyes he still hasn't blinked (laughs) and he's like you beat me fair and square yeah and then he gets up you beat me (laughs) (laughs) yeah not fair not Not at all not fair at all well 
For his standards. <laughs> well, it's kind of like when flags offset in football. It's like no. you both were fucking up, so yeah. the, the penalty's offset. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it, we're, we're all bad here. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. But his uh, his march out to the concession stand's pretty brilliant. He is the nastiest prick yeah. to everyone that gets close to him. Everybody. <laughs> everyone gets a piece. It's like one of those situations where it's like, like you can see someone having a meltdown and you can tell that if you're anywhere near them it's coming your way yeah so you just try to like put your hand over your face and just be like oh, oh or, that's when you like whip out the phone it's like oh i better take this yeah <laughs> yeah he he's just screaming at everyone that gets in his path i think like the first person is just like it's like oh why the long face you didn't lose everything that you had yeah <laughs> and then it's... someone takes a picture and he snatches the polaroid and rips it up in front of them and then he starts yelling at his uh, sheriff buddy. And sheriff's like, you don't know shit. Yeah, and all of a sudden, all his support systems start, like immediately turn their back on him. Like, mm-hmm. they don't want anything to do with him anymore. Um, and then he gets a hold of the sheriff's gun, though. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, his boyfriend's son yeah. <laughs> doesn't take kindly that, so he actually stops him from shooting whoever's near him. <laughs> I think he was just gonna... <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't think he had that in him, but... He gives his boyfriend son a slap, and yep. then Honey Roy Palmer shows up and grabs his hand before he can slap him again. Yeah. And we get the payoff, or the lack thereof. Lack thereof is what I'd like to call yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I think it's a good line, but the payoff for the payoff just does not fit what came before. Bruce Stern has murdered Heather Graham's brother, Randall Cobb. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is hung again. He's hung a very young black man. Yeah. Um, the brother of which is just... His payoff is to punch him in the face. That's it. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, he's going to tear his jaw off and shove it up his ass. He can get, <laughs> he can get cement galoshes. Uh, that's one way he could do it. He could, ta- he could get the bath. Uh, have you seen Dick Tracy? Oh, yeah. Oh, thank God. Absolutely. Uh, it's on the shelf. Uh, that was on my list. I was like, yeah, I don't think he's no, seen that. No, it's on the fucking yeah, shelf. Here is. That's what, that's what it is. Yeah. I was like, it's, he, on, the, it's on the Blu-ray. <laughs> like, I don't know if he's seen Dick Tracy. Um, I'm going to have to rewatch that. Um, yeah. Just skip all the Madonna scenes. I honestly thought, I'm like, he's going to get a throat rip. Like, this is prime time for a throat rip. Because this dude could get a throat <laughs> a, rip. A MacGruber in. throat rip. <laughs> Go for the turkey. Go for the turkey. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like, this is a perfect time. I might get a throw rip in, and I think that's going to be you. Yeah. A punch to the... Like, this dude would be murdering him. Like, it would take everybody to pull him off, because he just hung his little brother. Yeah, but instead we get Honey Roy Palmer catching his hand before he slaps the skinny white kid. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, like I said, I think it's a decent line, but... Uh, so Roy Palmer looks over his shoulder and Ham's standing there. Yeah. And he says, like, my hands hurt. You wanna you wanna take this? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, You wanna take this, brother? And so Ham steps up and it's funny because like the result of the damage, Ham is easily two fifty, probably six six two, six three or something. He's huge. He's a big guy. Yeah. And he has a stationary target who's very frail, by the way. Bruce Dern, yeah. And he bashes him right square on the chin. His face would be just smashed. Yeah, he was dislocating <laughs> yeah. that jaw. No, that, that jaw is going to go out the back of his head. Imagine if he was just trying to say something right when he got punched. <laughs> oh, my like God. just completely and, and, dislocated. I mean, Ichi the killer. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Kakihara. Look like that. 
nose. Like that kind of mouth. Jeez, yeah. But yeah, and with a pointy nose like that, like there's no makeup effects or blood on him, but in real life, there'd be a mess. <laughs> anyway, that's that's Robert Guillaume's punishment. He loses all the, all of his holdings in town, so basically he loses all the property, all his money. Yeah. And he gets punched. He gets punched. That's yeah, no. you know, I'm sure stuff happened after the end of the movie, but it's kind of neat. This movie actually does wrap up very, very nicely. Very nicely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, immediately after that, uh, we get a shot of just James Woods and Lou Gossett Jr. sitting in an empty arena together. And there was mention earlier in the movie about uh, James Woods failing to motivate Lou Gossett Jr. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of a funny line there where he can't find the... James Woods having positive affirmations to offer up is not something I think comes naturally. No, <laughs> so no. at one point when... Ugasa Jr. is in trouble during one of the fights. Yeah, like the only thing he can say to him that comes to mind is, it's like, he can't beat you because you're black. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you that. That's pretty. That. that was pretty good. What, that's what you're gonna say? Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, I forgot. What? About. He's like, what the hell does that mean? I don't know, but it, <laughs> it means something. It, yeah, it's, it's, whatever. That's yeah. what I got. That's what I got. Yeah. And so Ugasa Jr. closes the film, I think, with the lines like, ah, now you motivate me. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get our uh, sassy saloon piano music and credits. Uh, yeah, I think this movie was pretty um, kind of silly. I guess this is the way to put it. It was kind of silly the way it was put together. Um, but I think it would have been much better if it just had left out the, the race stuff. If it had just Sorry. been about the betting and the boxing. <clears throat> oh, Fletch lives. <laughs> All right, so he's did bad. Ooh, bad. He did the bad news bears. Yeah, I wanted to point out to you the filmography of this director. Funny enough, his name is Michael Ritchie. Uh, you had me watch a Guy Ritchie movie, so well, they share a common surname. It's <laughs> interesting. They were both uh, they were both betting movies too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize no, that. Uh, this guy doesn't have like a super big legacy or anything, but he made Fletch, which I know is a big hit with your household. Yep. Fletch and uh, The Golden Child, which... <laughs> the Golden Child, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess his last film was A, a Simple Wish, uh, mm. which is a fucking disaster. It's a Mara Wilson movie, by the way. Mara Wilson? Uh, uh, the Little Girl from Mrs... Yeah, oh, Little Girl from Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, was that her last movie I'm <laughs> uh, No, I think uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. I didn't even know that was a movie. It came out in like the 2000s. Wow. It, I remember seeing advertisements for it, and I was like, oh, God. It's funny, she's actually done pretty well for herself since then. Not as an actress, but as a person. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, this was a fun movie. It was kind of silly, just just the yeah, third it, act. It, it's a fun little romp, but you're right. Uh, the tone does get a little too dark for its own good. Yeah. Um, this is not a movie that's like near and dear to my heart. I just kind of picked it because I don't know. It's it's one of those movies that was on like UPN and like TNT all the time. I gotcha. So it it was just kind of like a comfort film where it's like I can put this on at any time, and if I stick with it for maybe 10 minutes there'll be boxing in it yeah and you know my young mind was satisfied with that it wasn't good boxing but i just found out today that hbo is dropping boxing from their programming so i'll take what i can fucking get jeez (laughs) it's like it's it's hard out there for a boxing fan you take you you take you take what you can get (laughs) and yeah this is not a brilliant film but i happen to enjoy it I think the performances are great all around, especially Bruce Stern. Fuck. Yeah, it, I could have definitely used some more Alder Platt. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry I had to bait you with that. <laughs> had to tease you with the Platt. Well, I uh, I thought that I had your next movie down, but I think I'm going to switch it up. Um, so I think next week Trevor is going to be catching up on 
The Three Musketeers, 1993. <laughs> I think that's what's going to have to happen because you teased me with Oliver Platt. This means that I get to rewatch it so I can have my notes and get my plat get my platining on. <laughs> the platining. Get my platining on. Yeah. All right. Or the other one I was going to say was Green Street Hooligans, but uh, well, to be determined. To be determined. It's going to be one of those two. Until next time. Until next time.